Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Arise, minions, and welcome to this Unmade Gaming production. Join the crew of the Defiant as they journey through the Third Horizon at the mercy of the icons, trying to understand just what's happening to the mystics in this Coriolis campaign, Void. The show you're about to listen to was originally a live-streamed actual play on twitch.tv slash unmadegaming. This is gonna be great! Ooh. Oh, are we live? Oh, okay, we are. Are we? Yes. Oh, shit. Hi. This is so slick. Damn, Mike. Uh, we were begging him to go live we deserved that yeah we've been just sticking around for uh, welcome to the most psychedelic show on twitch oh arise (laughs) minions and welcome we're aroused mike we're aroused or be yeah be aroused minions uh this is it this is what you got um if you like this, fucking stick around because in season two we're gonna be doing this, but recording it and putting it on Patreon. So uh, you can check that out there. Uh, but for now, th- this is what you got. You got us. Do you get half of Joey's face with my head behind it? You got. <sighs> you know, this is just it. Yay! <laughs> Let me tell you, this is not only the most psychedelic; it's the greatest show on twitch is what i heard mike say is that what you said mike i don't think i've ever said those words well exactly what he said thank you thank you we've already clipped it so like there's there's yeah it's that's i heard it clip it i don't think that's true Mm -hmm. i don't think that's true i heard it was yeah yeah you know and we know that my sources mike are Bad at best. (laughs) Bad at best. Wow. Oh, wow. So you all die in space, season two. That's what that's what season two is called. You all die in space. Oh, that's that's how I do it. That's how it's supposed to work. The end of a Coriolis campaign. There it is. There it is. That's what I wanted. Everyone, please do that. Oh my gosh. Everyone, please do that. I need. Yeah, send that. Send that to us, Pop. Great. Yeah, can Thank you please? You. Oh you, God! Everyone. Oh no! Oh whoa! Oh! <laughs> oh! Oh. <laughs> oh no! Take the take the take the space image and use that as your background. Oh space! <laughs> it's just a white background. <laughs> I love how the the smart green screen for this is so choppy. Mm-hmm. It literally looks like you just took like 
directional yeah. lines and just like photoshopped yeah. around. It. Yeah, yeah. It looks like my bad thumbnails. It's 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 because so many people are working oh, from home right now. And what probably happened is Zoom came out and everybody was terribly embarrassed by their homes being in their work video. Mm-hmm. And Zoom was like, we need a quick solution to this. So they did a massive update, no, no, which helped their servers. This is the green screen thing. I've never seen anybody yeah. use it until it's because, recently. Yeah. It's, because, yeah. it's because you have to upgrade to 4.6, which fucks everyone's <laughs> Twitch stream. So because I have the upgrade, oh. that's why it looks, you know, that, that's why it's, it's fixed-ish. Oh, so, I see. Yeah. Well... Um, but anyway, hello guys. Yeah, hello. this is welcome. this is it. This is the whole welcome show. Welcome to our shit show. <laughs> yeah, this is the whole show, team. This is all, this is all, this is it. You wanted this. You demanded for whatever the fuck this is, and it's your fault. So suck it. Uh, hey. Wow, that's <laughs> definitely it, says Mike. Welcome. Definitely. Um, so take it away, Dot. <laughs> it's, it's, it's yeah. Great, two. what are you doing? What exactly are we doing today? So, okay, if you want to know what I had on a to-do list for us, oh it my was God, you to... Made a to-do list? <laughs> Shit, Mike, yes, do you even Mike. know me? Do you know the crew? Do you even know Excuse me? Excuse me. I have a list. Thank I you. actually have written down questions of what I was going to ask. So, Mike, Ooh, you, I sir. I notes in episode four. Thank you, Joey. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Thank there, you for being on my off, team. There are so many things I love hearing. When your players get to the point they stop taking notes, it's because they're listening, which makes me very happy to hear. No, Two, I, have, Mike, I have like seven pages of notes. <laughs> I don't write notes. I never, ever write notes. Yeah. Ever. Some pe- I I have tried to start writing notes. I'm not very good at it. It doesn't help me. That's my that's the reason why. Like I, I understand some people write notes for D and D and stuff, but when I write notes, I am stupid. And when I read the notes, I'm just like I don't remember what these notes are about. So then the whole page and book is just pointless. And I'm like, all right, well, I just wasted a dream. Great. Okay. <laughs> you can yeah. hey, you could get one of those notebooks like I have, which is a dry erase notebook. Then you don't waste trees. Yeah, As Alyssa said, it's got little red bullet points. Little red bullet points. Yes, Mike. Yes, oh, that, that happened. Book. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I've shown you. Get one of those. That's that's yeah. what I was. I used. To oh, use. is that what you used to use? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So yes, I had some things, which is we should talk about upgrading the vessel. The Defiant. I had a feeling that there were some parts that wanted to be bought, so I thought it might be kind of cool to like let the audience in on some of the like. I don't know, mechanics of purchasing things and what stuff costs and how that works. Um, you all may want to level or like take some experience and spend it if you haven't already because you earned one per game and then one game I gave you two, yeah? Yeah. yeah. So we have 12 games, left so over. 13 points is what you got the full season. Oh, I've been, I've been upgrading them. Great, perfect. As you've gone, I love it. Okay, great. Um, And then I was going to just leave it open for discussion and questions. We should decide if this is a spoiler stream. Of the, like... Of our, our, like, like, for example, Paul, are your questions story-related? They're character-related. They're character-related. Yeah, more stuff like things I was wondering about. Oh, okay. And then... How about this? If we get to a point where there could be spoilers... I will leave, we'll, then we'll pitch the spoiler question. Other than that, if we feel like it's not going to spoil anything for the audience for season it's two. like questions more of the sense of like, I would like to get to know the character better. That kind of deal. Oh, yeah. Like, like you know, like, 
what was like Malik and Tamir's relationship when they were living in Al Gore? Al Gore? Like, how was their dynamic? How did they survive? Like, what kind of characteristics built on that? You know, while yeah. on the ship with uh, Tal and their sister, were there any interesting things that kind of pushed the sisterhood away? Because since it seems like they're such different personalities, you know, like uh, stuff like that. That's what I really had questions for. Which, of course, we can find out down the line in season two. However, I'm impatient and I want to know now. That's so. fine. I'm down for that. I, I'm down to make up backstory on the spot. Okay. Yeah, me too. All right, cool. Whatever <laughs> that is. I will say. I, uh, I really feel like you have an overdeveloped sense of how much story we have and how much improv we've been doing. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Um, honest. Uh, I'll be honest, Paul has sent me the most backstory. <clears throat> I thought that's Followed what very, very closely by Eris, but most from Paul. What you I thought, have for me and Joey. I didn't send you that much. <laughs> uh, Which what, tells you a lot about the other two. <laughs> what you have for me and Joey is all we have. But that's cool. Like, everybody works differently. <laughs> yeah. I think so. That's it's interesting to showcase that in, this, in shows like this too, because it would let people who watch understand that there's no right or wrong way to prepare for a show because you have such a large dynamic of different role players here, you know. Yep. And then I have a fuck ton of DM questions, you know. But well, ask away, sir. Well, before you before you jump <laughs> yeah. into question mode, I am going to say uh, first of all, Amanda, that's not her shirt. It's a stupid filter that she's using. <laughs> To freak everyone out. Uh, but I will say, uh, everyone in chat, uh, if you have questions for the players, if you have questions for the GM, uh, if you have questions in general, uh, please preface it with the word question. And then if it's for someone, put their name in there somewhere so that we know, so that it sticks out in the thing. Or at me, or both. Do both of those things. At me, and use the Either word way, question. Either way, yeah. Also, I'll attention. And spam yeah. yeet. Don't do that. Yeah, see, yeah, yeah. Yeet, yeet away. We will yeah. only, all the, uh, we will we will only answer yeet questions. Don't, yeet. don't do that. So. Actually, oh um, instead of prefacing it with question, can Joey. we preface it with yeet colon? No, yeet Joey, colon. Joey, Joey shut up with your bet, goddamn Whichever. <laughs> yeah, what's listen, in that soup? It looks listen, good. Listen, Joey, you got a goddamn emote out of this bullshit. Stop telling them to spam that word in my chat. You got an emote. Yeah. <laughs> spam it's, the emote. Um, if you don't have an emote, get one. But um, what Mike was saying, like, consider today like a Q&A stream. You yeah. know, you guys have a chance to ask <laughs> us anything about our characters, ask Dot about her GMing yeah, abilities yeah. and all that stuff. So go wide ahead. I mean, right ahead. Not wide ahead. What? Um, there's there's a question that that sparked this whole thing. Is the next season planned for twelve episodes as well? Yes, yes, it is. It is planned plan for. Uh, I'm ignoring you. Eat your goddamn soup and shut your mouth. Uh, I I will say that the next season is planned for at least twelve episodes. I love you, though. Back hole on my shoulder is what I'll say. Season two is at least twelve episodes. At least. Dot dot twelve dot 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 <laughs> dot dot dot. It's at least twelve episodes. Chat yeah. Now I think I think chat. the exact number of episodes dot. is how many Mike thinks he can get out of me because I do actually have a Thursday group that I mm -hmm. I I stopped playing with to come play here, 
and I actually enjoyed myself so much, I stayed on for another season. So, um, uh, what I'm hearing is oh if you guys boy. really like Aris and want her to play in season three of Void, head over to arisavad.com and buy yourself some <laughs> dice accessories, like a dice bag or a dice yeah. tray. Or you and know, just, just, I don't know if you can bribe me by yeah, buying or my just, stuff. Or just but head you to paypal.me/slash <laughs> I mean, we gotta start somewhere, Aris. <laughs> exactly. Give us a launch point. Yeah. Listen, if we have to pay you to be our friend, we're gonna do it. God damn it! <laughs> oh, my entire life. Don't I'm you always be totally your worth. friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, there was a question uh, for you, Aris. What oh, inspired gosh. your character concept? Ooh. <clears throat> oh. So, <laughs> first Han Solo, and second, um, and this is gonna <laughs> sound funny, but it, another character off of another show. Uh, her name is Kessra, and she is on Fate's Chosen, which is on Open for Adventure. Um, she's got pretty surly attitude, but she's got a lot more layers than it seems. And really, it just covers up a heart of gold. Um, and when she, you know, when she cares about someone, she will fiercely protect them no matter what it costs her. Um, but for the most part, she'd just rather not deal with anybody she doesn't have to. Okay. Okay. Um, we have two more questions. I'm going to roll them into one uh, because they're applicable to both. Uh, one of them is from uh, Strike Red Kite, and the other one is from uh, Cast with the Ghost. Um, Gnome, what inspired your character? And uh, for Gnome and Mike, uh, when did you decide to be brothers in the show? I'm pretty sure the answer is the same for both of them, which was immediately. And what inspired the characters, uh, Joey? You want to uh, definitely. Yeah, uh, Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah. That's no no the... fucking doubt. I've always wanted to play brothers, and I've always wanted to play brothers as Ed and Al, and we have our Ed and Al. Yeah. It is my dream story come Who's true. Who? Uh, he's he's uh, Alphonse. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. definitely makes sense. <laughs> yeah, right. He's he's a he's a sweet, kind-hearted, soft boy um, in a chunk in armor. <laughs> he's in armor at all I times. Love this dot. Right? Just keep doing it. <laughs> We love it, Don't Dot. Stop. Don't stop. Don, I'm Jeez. actually just going to not ask you any of the questions that come for you. Just I'm so going to sit complete. here all night and just and keep just, changing just my clothes. If you guys Look don't at this. know, by the way, Dot has fangs on. Oh, oh God, you're so fucking extra. <laughs> I know, I'm so extra. <laughs> so good. Um, it's so fucking Yeah, we wanted to be... When did we... We just were... We were bullshitting about ideas, I think. We were texting mm-hmm. back and forth uh, while we were both at work uh, and trying to decide what we wanted to play. And I I don't remember. I think I think the idea was, was just positive between the two of us. What if we were brothers... Um, and you know, then then like I think backstory just unfolded as it came up. We we're like, oh, we'll be from Algol. Mm-hmm. We'll be on the thing. And he was like, I want to go to school. And I was like, cool. Well, we'll figure some shit out. Maybe I work for the syndicate because I wanted a cool syndicate power. Mm-hmm. And then we just sort of built it from there. And so basically, what you see in episode one was our entire backstory <laughs> for yes. the majority of the thing. <laughs> it, it took it took at least eight episodes i think Mm -hmm. and me constantly texting mike how did our parents die yeah 
Mike, did we ever pick how our parents got killed? We did. Mike? We did. We picked it. What? What? What's up with our parents? We, we picked Mike. it. Hey, buddy. Um, our parents are dead. How? Yeah. Okay. I just want to say, for the record, <laughs> not to hog the spotlight. That's a hundred percent true. And he did continuously ask me, but offer zero input as to how he thought they should be killed. He only said, "Mike, I need you to decide for us how our parents died." Excuse I'm... me. I then said, "Oh, maybe they were literally just crushed by the weight." No, of you didn't. I said. Society. I said. I said. What if Hold they on. died? What if they I died can, this way? I can back way? that up. He did say that. No, we had a private I, we text were, conversation, and I said, "What on. if they? We what if they died call. in industry?" Yeah. We were on a call. We no. were on a call. No, no. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's were, true. Because that's Dot true. And I both remember we were on a call. Yes, correct. But this is a text conversation from before that, where his contribution was, "What if they literally died by being uh, crushed by?" So I said, "What yes. if they were crushed under the oppressive heel of like corporation?" And his contribution was, "What if it was literally?" And I was like, "All right, well." <laughs> <laughs> so don't try to say that you had ideas. You just took I the one I gave that. you. That was like, an idea. It was great. It's a good idea. It, it was a good, good idea. idea. <laughs> oh god, that's phenomenal. By the way, that's so phenomenal. What we have for questions? Uh, question for no, should, I should be one. moderating. Sorry, Mike. Now nah, you're good. Question for Dot. What is no, your I favorite dark that. points sabotage from May? Ooh. Oh, so. yeah. Ooh. My favorite. Okay, yeah. I'll tell you my favorite. Okay. My favorite, in fact, it inspired this week, this past Sunday, Fun Day's Coriolis one shot that tied into your storyline. That was really cool. I was there. Wait, what? Not yeah. There, oh, you ran the thing. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forget you ran. I ran thing. a Coriolis one shot. Okay, so my favorite, no. my favorite was the appearance of the Jin. Mm-hmm. So I used the darkness point to play the Jin card, which of course was. Um, brought through when you made the jump to Talon. Mm-hmm. Um, for if you didn't pick up on it in terms of gameplay, basically um, them crashing through and passing the the, the third uh, or like the Terran space to the first horizon uh, broke open a Jin cage cage mm. to some degree it, it it allowed a jinn to literally catch a ride on your vessel out of the first horizon it was originally my plan and then the sunday fun day happened and at the end all i'm gonna say is at the end uh they are trying to get off a crash landed surprise uh and uh when they get to a new vessel, the only thing left on the vessel, there's no people, there's no nothing. There's a container, kind of like an urn. And after a sandstorm, it spills open and it lets out a jinn and offers one of them a wish. And the one person wishes, because they were a premonition and they had a premonition about Tal's sister. Oh. Yeah, that was the thing that happened. Oh my gosh, I need to go back and watch it. Yeah, you need to go back and watch it. There was a there was yeah. a call and we know you find out what happens to our priestess as well, the missing priestess. Oh and you guys can shit. catch this that was on the first the VOD on Dot's channel or I on, think her, it's on YouTube. On yep. her YouTube as soon as she gives me the goddamn video to edit for her. Or did you actually edit it yourself? I don't edit anymore, Mike. Okay. It goes twitch to YouTube. I'm sorry, everybody. Listen. I'm a literal single dot. I've offered. 
so he has, has offered, but I so just has feel Joey. bad. So has I Paul. Feel bad. Okay. <laughs> Regardless, let me finish this rant. So my favorite darkness point was this because when it spilled open, the wish that they wished for was for the um for them to help end the uh, mysticides. And so the Jin left and hitched a ride on your vessel into the Talon system. So it was because of a wish of another that the Jin ended up where they are and they have to fulfill. So they hitched a ride to Coriolis with all of you. Interesting. Um, okay. So I have, so my favorite one was the Jin coming into play because it inspired so much more story. Okay. Love it. I dig it. I dig it. I refreshed the chat, damn it. That's right, I didn't, so I have it all. Thank God. Uh, boop, boop, boop. Streams changed. Uh, <laughs> um, cool. So professional. Uh, I guess we should be just talking. Just chatting? Just just whatever? That I, I think you can remain, because we're talking about um, it. We're, ta- we're talking about the show. So, yeah. general GM question uh, here for anyone to jump in and answer. If you had to balance out an unbalanced character... How would you try to balance your game without killing the rest of the group? Uh, my answer is there's no such thing as an unbalanced character. Um, that's it. People are unbalanced in life. Yeah. Um, like in actuality, like some people are frail and very intelligent. Um, some people are very, very strong and not. Like those those stereotypes come out of real people. Um, so I think when you look at like extremes, uh, it's... It's a place where if, you know, you just kind of have to lean into it. Yeah. I use that term, lean in. Um, accept it for what it is as an anomaly, mm-hmm. right? Which are like the tallest and the biggest are always the anomaly. The the brightest and the boldest are always the anomaly. They're an anomaly. So how do you deal with an anomaly? You don't. I think so a good example it, was uh, yeah. when with Dot and the dancer, the first encounter with Soul and the dancer. Like this, the dancer was extremely overpowered compared to Soul, but a good way to... That does. If I made the dumb decision to fight it, I would probably have died. You know what yep. I mean? And you just got to accept it. That's yep. just life. Sometimes you go down the wrong alleyway and you meet a foe that you can't face. Yep. Uh, but she provided opportunity for me to leave. So I think that's something important. Like produce your scene, produce your characters, but always have opportunities, no matter how small or big that they are, so that the characters can decide how the, what their faith is. Yep. Yeah, it's about per- allowing them still to make choice, right? Yeah. Because for whatever reason, yeah, when they I built did. that character, right? <laughs> Whenever they built that character, they were inspired by something. So instead of crushing the creativity and the creation process, it's better to just lean into it. Yeah, usually when you're speaking about an unbalanced character, it's it's usually in a combat sense um, or in a combat-heavy game more often than not. Um, and... Uh, you don't need to counterbalance a an, an OP character. Um, hell, I think more GMs than you expect don't even make balanced encounters to begin with. Uh, I just throw mm-hmm. random monsters that sound cool and fit the area I, at you. I do. Do you? I build balanced yeah. encounters. If I'm I going to have an encounter, so hard. If I'm going to have an encounter, a combat encounter, I'm going to make sure mm-hmm. to balance it. Like for and and I'll do different things. Like in this case, I knew going into any combat encounter that Tamir is never going to fire a weapon. Mm-hmm. which means that I need to think about how many, I saw that look, how many um, like creatures can be taken on at once. Um, and more importantly, to provide opportunity, regardless of how much damage is taken for things to happen, like Sewell going down so that Tamir can use his brains to solve the problem. 
Tamir, um, uh, Sewell going down the first time was partially tied to story, but was actually there to give Tamir something to draw him out. For hashtag Sulmir. Right, yeah. So so that we, we could get that one, that moment, and set up for his what I knew was going to be uh, a stab in, a literal stab in the gut moment for your backstory. Yeah. But I, but, but that was, that's how I balanced that encounter. So yeah. anytime we go into one, I'm like, okay, who's at my table? Do we have a lot of fighters? Great. Then I'm just going to toss as many dudes at them as they can handle. Right. Um, but you're not doing like, like in D and D you're not like going through like CR and making a perfectly numerically balanced combat, right? There is no such thing. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like if I, will, uh, I will throw a combat at you that sounds narratively applicable and that I think you can handle. And that's as far as I go for balance. Do I feel good about this combat that you guys are going to have fun? It'll be cinematic and that you guys will more, more than likely succeed. Yeah. All right. Fuck it. I'm throwing that at you. Um, uh, hold on. I'm being messaged because I am unprofessional. Uh, should we change the stream title? Yes, we did that. Uh, ignore this. Uh, yeah, I'm you're this behind, dude. So that I can oh, yeah, copy okay, yeah. You're way behind. Well, yeah, okay. Just stop. Just stop. This, is, this is how you stream just... professionally, guys. Mike, you're pretty. Um, thank you. Uh, question for the players. Uh, what do you do both in and out of character if your party member, if your party encounters a monster boss party that you are uh, obviously unprepared for? Uh, I think that's... Entire every, season one? Yeah, I think that's every scenario. <laughs> I, I would love to be unprepared for every encounter that we face. Uh, if I've had time to prepare, it's it's far more like logistical. Um, like, you prepare for a war, you barely prepare for an encounter, right? Unless you're like, I'm going to fight a dragon, or I'm going to fight this djinn, right? There's, it's rare that you are prepared for the combat that happens, or the encounter that happens, in my opinion. I mean, I always tell my players, there is no shame in running. Yes. Agreed. There is no shame in getting the fuck out of there. And oh. some things you're not supposed to win. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's it, too. So it's nice to have a table of players that are like, when they come up against, say, I don't know, a gin that takes over the ship, they don't try to, I don't know, attack it. No, you fucking make a deal with it because you know Very it's good. more powerful than you. Yes, exactly. So, and that's why she's the smart one. That's why she's our pilot. Um, <laughs> if it was anybody else, we would have been space. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, uh, no, my mod wants to tell you that they've left Nomansky for Animal Crossing. Uh, they have betrayed me. Um, and uh, I mean, we all have. I'm, we I, all I know. Play, I know I'm you all have. Playing right now. I almost I picked up space today, but I just so I had a lot of stuff coming through the mail. I hate it. Um, God, golly, golly, gee. Uh, well, By the way, for the record, the time, for the yeah. record. Y'all have made me want to play Animal Crossing so badly. I had a dream that someone sent me a Switch with Animal Crossing the other oh night, and I woke up crying because it was Aww. just a dream. Oh, okay, so how Thanks, do we get assholes. You? Okay, so hashtag fund Eris's Switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's no, a ko-fi.com slash Eris <laughs> Oh, it should be the Stitch Bitch on Twitch, or Switch. Stitch bitch Stitch bitch It's Yeah Yeah You just did that Oh my god Please change all your stuff To the stitch bitch From now on Please Thank you Rhymes to stitch Uh, bitch On twitch 
wants to switch. You know, I almost made my show called Stitchin' and Bitchin' instead of Stitchy Fix. Love that. Well, you should like you should do like a like a coffee talk, right? Where you just chat. It's just chatting. Where it's called Stitchin' and Bitchin', where you just hang out and you're like doing whatever and just chilling. God. I think that's phenomenal. It's uh, <laughs> amazing. This is this is my favorite question so far by Snow Dogs. Uh, who is Malik's favorite fellow crew member, and why is it Sewell? Um, <laughs> you got your answer Dogs, there. Buddy. Good uh, I, think, solid, I hope it's his girlfriend. Solid question. It's not. Um, it's it's Sewell. Come on. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, if, Obviously you, if, you, if you take Tamir out of the picture, um, I mean, it would it would likely be Sewell. Um, oh, yeah. Because uh, I don't think I don't think Malik he doesn't dislike Tal. He's just confident that Tal dislikes him, and usually he wins people over with his charm or pisses them off completely. And you're neutral, and he doesn't know how to deal with the neutrality that is Tal. Like you just tolerate him and he doesn't get a, a strong reaction in either way and so like he doesn't know how to behave around you because it's usually either one polar opposite um and uh he also thinks that Sewell is a little dumb um so he he sees it in his in his years of being with the syndicate and doing small non-terrorist crimes unlike someone else in the crew um uh, he he's skilled in manipulation. He sees Sewell as someone who's both useful and also easy to manipulate, um, and that's you why dick. he likes that's why he likes Sewell because um, he he's pretty sure he can get him to do what he wants. And I'm just also, a pawn to you. Yeah, yeah. As... I mean, to be fair, he said that from like episode two to, to episode twelve. He did. He did. <laughs> um, he's been pretty upfront about that. Yeah. <laughs> he says it. He says it to you. Oh <laughs> shit! <laughs> Um, question for everyone other than your own character who is everyone's favorite to watch roleplay come from uh, Paul is my favorite what yeah. the fuck yep. I have to agree yep. yeah that's gotta be a unanimous vote yep. I mean aside from Dot yeah Dot yeah. is like Voted the that, most yeah. Dot is the most interesting GM to watch <laughs> I agree that's terrifying. I would like to say, <laughs> I just I, I love your facial expressions just so much. It's, we oh, literally oh. go back to watch the show. We now yeah. do it together. Oh, God. Yeah. That's embarrassing. Your I face. Say, I love Dot's narrative more than anything. The way she mm-hmm. narrates a story is very uh, engaging. And oh. it, 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 like, grips you. But not in the aggressive, forced way. You, it's, it's the tone, it's the pacing. A lot of things that people don't realize. Like you can be a really good storyteller, but to be like a narrative, a full voice, pacing there's, is there's pacing everything. Yeah, and there's a it's marketing too. If you think about it, pacing, speed, choice of words, tone, all of that is into a thought process, and you can tell she thinks about it when so she tells her story. I'll tell you this. I can tell you what I each love about each of your characters from roleplay. Hell yeah. So I like Sewell, obviously. Um, Paul, watching you come into your own as a role player has been... Absolutely. Just that, I think that's why we love Paul. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it's um, this really new, fresh 
face, yeah, like love of it, and it, it, it rekindles yeah. my fire. But at the same yeah. time, like you totally. came in, not to put you on blast here, but you came in and you were like, "I'm new at role playing," and also you guys are powerhouse role players, and we were like, "Shut up, just come play with us." Yeah. Um, and to see to see you go from like I'm a baby role player to like poof, completely 100 percent holding your own, Aww. like right alongside, like not missing a beat. I'm like, "Fuck yeah, dude! Hell yeah, that's awesome! I love it." Y'all killing me, stop right now. Yeah. Me. So so, but watching you play Sewell, uh, who is we only find out so much later in the story is struggling in his own rightful way, like emotionally yeah. and mentally, um, based on like the job that he's had to do, which explains so much of the dis- these like kind of outright kind of weird decisions he made early on in his role play. I just thought you handled really nicely. No, um, I, I have to be honest. The unspoken sexual tension between Tamir and Tao yeah. is yeah. beautifully done. I love it's, it. It's not. It's not heavy-handed it's just enough that you know that they care about each other and they've had these like singular moments it just feels very genuine and i just think it's just one of those moments in a very dark show like this that sheds um a speck of that level of like empathy and um ethos we look for in like a story as people i just think it's really um I think it's really great. Also, and I will I will request from now on that anytime you see those interactions in the next season and all future seasons, uh, please hashtag let my people smooch. Uh, is, the, is the appropriate hashtag, hashtag let my people let smooch. My people smooch. Yeah. Oh, God. oh God. Um, and then I have to say, Mike. Um, I love putting you in tough situations, I tough social situations, uh, because I we're we're similar GMs in that like or and players in that we thrive in like improvised role play yeah like that's where our characters thrive which means that i can come to the table with say a quirky doctor um and how you mitigate i can't prepare for how you mitigate that so it's always very genuine yeah. and i really enjoy role playing with you i, I was gonna say the same thing i enjoy watching you gm it, but it's the weirdest reason like you're amazingly talented uh and a wonderful God. GM. however uh, I feel like we have a very similar GM style, mm-hmm. and I can't watch myself GM. But watching you GM is how I imagine that I GM. So I'm like, yeah, you're killing it, Dot. I'm like, ah. and I'm also pretty decent. I'm also killing it I'm, back over here in this corner. I'm not, I'm not bad. If that's how, I, that's how I think I GM, and she's killing it, I can't uh, be bad. I can't yeah. be too bad. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoy watching you, GM. Uh, I think this is the first time you've been playing on the channel for like a mm-hmm. year, but this is the first time you GM'd on the channel. So this, I think this is actually yep. the first time you've ever GM'd for me, which is outstanding. I think that's actually yeah. true. We've always played together. Yeah. 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 Or you GM'd. Yeah. Um, it's, and it's I've been, been there to fuck your story. <laughs> it's been a goddamn blast. I, and I feel like yes. this is appropriate, right? Like you with 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 Joey in uh, Men of Letters, you fucking obliterated so much plot because you were nonsense. Uh, and I feel like the tables nonsense. have turned. Joey was all business. Okay. Joey was fab. Okay. Joey was <laughs> all business. Story needed Joey, okay? What business was Joey? He was he was business of he was a business. He, Joey was off selling papers on the street corner until he got picked up and turned in realized that he was just an experiment. It wasn't his fault. It wasn't, it wasn't Joey's fault. Sure. And you know what? Last time I checked Joey beat a few things with the newspaper and really tried to make the situation better. 
I don't remember how you convinced me to give you a magical newspaper either. I was like, I want a newspaper that always tells the current news. And he was yeah. like, well, right. it's Cypher. That's, That's right? actually awesome. Isn't that the coolest thing? I was like, he's a newsie. He yeah. would want a newspaper that always, and then he would roll it up and he'd he would beat people with his magical newspaper. That's phenomenal. Damn, that's amazing. <laughs> um, Mike, as Mike said, it kind of <clears throat> botched his very serious Cthulhu story. Uh, so that's that's the thing, right? Is like I think we can we can say that about Coriolis as well. Like, as the GM, you intend for a serious game, and there were serious moments in Men of Letters, just like there were serious moments in um, in in Coriolis in Void, mm-hmm. but like. You're you're never gonna survive contact with players, um, and I also encourage beer and pretzels, silly hahas, uh, as yeah. long as you're not like stupid and over the top. Um, yeah, if you're running away so, with like, story, then it's a problem. Yeah. But like, if we're using it, one of the things, I, I, having done so much theater um, and being around an audience, is that over time, when we're watching things together and we're all watching a story, we're actually our brains and breath, proven scientifically, begin to function together. Um, Twitch is interesting because we're not in a room together, so we can't read those signals. But we still share in that like expressive like process together. Um, I feel like and being on the same page. That's my spiel. Yeah, uh, and there's also like I mean behind the scenes we have the Zoom window and like I don't yeah. know about everyone else but there are times where like I'm private messaging Dot like hey I'm gonna do some dumb shit or like I'm messaging uh, like Gnome like hey we're in a scenario right now that like either you're gonna do some dumb shit or I'm gonna do some dumb shit and he's like I got this and then he goes off and you know locks locks me in a room or something like that or tries to sacrifice himself to ghosts in space space ghosts ghost 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 um, but yeah so I love I love the chatter at the table because like laughter and things like that help alleviate high tensions of stress um which is what we're doing when we're telling a story and so it adds to comfortability at the table so like never stifle the moments that your players and the table are having together even if they're kind of jokey and funny because you'll know me like we'll have it and then i will like jerk you right yeah, back into it sure. <laughs> um i think i think just like in life it's good to have a balance of everything you don't want too much serious you don't want too much comedy a good show and a good life is a balance of everything so i think it's good to have a good amount of laughter along with a good amount of tears yeah. and a good amount of what the fuck moments you know yes yeah and there have definitely been episodes where we've left like laughing hysterically and then we just bullshit and hang out and tell funny jokes afterwards yeah. and there, there have also been episodes where we've left and we're like oh god woof I, am I need to go I sleep. I am yep. exhausted. And then we just hang out and chat. And we're like, I'm tired. Can we talk about the scene that made us all tired? <laughs> like the one where Sewell killed his own brother. Can we talk about that for 45 minutes? Oh, and you sad damn. about it? Um, this is, so you should know Sewell or Paul sent me Sewell's uh, flashback because I asked them all for a flashback mm-hmm. first. He was the first one, and I was like, we're not starting with that. Oh, yeah, no, that had to be last. <laughs> yeah, I think... I was like, we are not starting with that. that. I, I and think, so, yeah. Because you had come out and said, hey, I, I think this is going to be the episode for Souls, and then it didn't actually happen for, like, three more episodes. Yep. I'm so glad it didn't happen for three more episodes. Me like, too. the fact that it didn't happen to, like, episode nine makes it that much better. Like, it's it was such a more of a slow burn. Yep, um, yeah, the idea like to add the, the flashbacks was part of something... Um, Something I do as a GM is usually after the first four or five episodes, I check in with everybody. I'm like, how do you feel about your your character? Do you want to make changes? Now's the time if you're going to make change, um, like major change. Um, and how are we all feeling? What do we need more of? What do we need less of? And so I asked them all, and I kept getting this response of like, we want more character development. Like, we want more character. Um, and I was like, cool. How do we feel about flashbacks? Because I would like to add them as part of this, like, storytelling process. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
So that's how it kind of came about. And so they all came to the table kind of with their own yeah. um, idea of what they thought was that important moment of a flashback that like defines a character, mm-hmm. at least for where they are in their current phase. Um, and so I wanted to work really hard to weave those into the story in a way that wasn't distracting and didn't feel off, but added to the current moment in time by flashing back to something in the past because that's what flashbacks really are supposed to be about. I, I really, really love the whole flashback idea because I think a good show, whatever it's TV, a play, an opera, whatever, um, people need to get invested into the characters. And obviously you can get invested as you're playing, but if you know about their history, you're like, you can relate. Like you can mm-hmm. be like, like the whole thing with Tal and her sister and like covering up for your older sister or younger sister and like protecting your siblings. Like when she was telling your story, I had flashbacks of when my brother did that for me. And I'm just like, damn, like, fuck, like, I, I care, you know? And then same with Mike and Tamir and, like, Tamir making mistakes about the whole packages and stuff, being innocent to the real world of Coriolis. Like, that was me when I first went to New York for job interviews and stuff, and I, I, I didn't know what was going on. Like, when- And you got played by people around you and you had exactly. no idea. Yeah. It's, it's all about being able to relate to the characters. I think that's what people love about certain yep. characters because you can relate to them. You can latch on to them. Well, yeah. and I was looking for themes throughout. And what was really interesting is... <clears throat> kind of across the characters we started to get this theme of like siblings and family um like across the baseline of like it's such a part of human experience because Coriolis is a game about humans in space like humans trying to survive it's not about really aliens and a massive takeover um it's about our survival uh basically and so day-to-day problems it's day-to-day problems and as humans the thing that always sets us apart is that level of humanity and so much of humanity is tied to how you were brought up and how you were raised and the people that were part of that. Um, and so it was really interesting that everybody's families in different ways, whether they're alive now or not, um, were just such a huge part of it. So um, it was something that a theme I picked up and I was like, well, we're running with this because. Well, speaking of siblings, I loved, and I, this is just probably already said multiple times, but like Malik and Tamir's like back and forth, like their dynamic as brothers you felt like they were really like brothers it wasn't just like two actors playing a role like i felt like you guys and you can tell that mike and joey know each other by the way i was about to say that's because they're brothers yeah i was gonna say i don't i'll be honest i don't think we're role-playing yeah when you get to that level of comfort and you're playing with people that you know like it bleeds through your acting and through your role-playing and it just amplifies it so much. I yeah, it was say, just really fun to watch that. I will say in that same vein, um, speaking of that specific role play and tabletop stories in general, um, I met Joey a year ago. So like, play tabletop with your friends, man. Like yeah. I met, like I've been playing with Dot for over yes. a year, and like I've been checking, like I've been checking on Dot's channel. She's been checking on my channel. We've been on shows together before, but like I ha- was aware that Joey existed like a year and a half ago, but we never ever played together. We barely interacted, and then we like bumped into each other at a convention and said hi, and that was it. And then like a year after that, we like hung out at a convention, and now we're literal brothers. Uh, so I mean, play <laughs> tabletop games and and make friends. Wait, was it Cigars shit. in Indianapolis that did it? Uh, I think Cigars in Indianapolis was the first time we actually hung out at all. That, yeah, I know that was exactly the first time I had met friends. Yeah. yeah, I was the first time I had met uh, Nolman person. I had yeah. met Mike before, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, Cigars in Indianapolis was a jam up. Uh, where did I bump? I bumped into you at Gen Con two years ago, right? I think somewhere, something along those Me? lines. Me? Yeah. No. 
No, I Gen Con last year was my first Gen Con. I don't know where I bumped into you. Oh, I bumped into you at PAX, uh, PAX Unplugged. PAX Unplugged. I hugged you for for two seconds, and then mm-hmm. that was it. And then I never saw you again. And then I met two you second at, hug, yeah. appropriate. And then I met you at uh, uh, at, at Gen Con for cigars. V- very cis straight. Yeah. Very cis appropriate. <laughs> I mean, let's be real here. I mean, nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, wow, Joe. <laughs> way to call. Him to be fair, I'm pretty sure to paint you a picture here. Uh, I'm pretty sure I picked Speedy up off of my lap to go give you a hug. So let's let's gay that scene up a little bit. That's probably true. Question for Doc. I hate you, Mike. Did Amira know the bodies the Corsairs were picking up outside Hammurabi were filled with drugs? Oh no! That's that fucking smile. That's that. Smile. <laughs> fucking did that thing. No, older. <laughs> she did not know that there were drugs. Um, Fuck, that was so okay. Cool. So here, here's here's the alert. Spoiler alert for you okay. that don't want spoilers. Yep. Mute your sound. No one's going to mute. Um, great, perfect. Um, so she is obviously a pirate. That's well known. Um, not a spoiler. Um, mm. The ship, the Corsair, oh, Amira, is her. Amira is the dancer, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. The ship, the Corsair, is her ship. Um, what you all don't know, because you didn't quite spend enough time in the Hamira uh, system, is that it is overrun with pirates. Uh, they've been taking a chill at the moment, thanks to the massive explosion from a portal where ships died and one went into the sun. But um, the fact of the matter is, she's been leading that, and she's been hiding out oh. for months on the outskirts. Amira is not her real name. Love it. Right. No, but we we know though because uh, Soul's dad slips up. Yeah. Soul's dad slips up, and, and she, she and she um yes he did slip up. Yeah. Uh, and I, I wrote that on purpose. And then she um so yeah so she's been out there hanging out, posing posing basically as a dancer to run an underground pirate ring that has made that. Remember before you guys came here, they were like, oh, Amira's kind of rough. Be careful. Mm-hmm. So if you had stayed in Hamura, you would have, you could have gotten into a whole storyline based around the pirates um, and them raiding. That was the other thing. You didn't do a lot of um, like looking into the miners that were on like station side that come up to that that station, the Hammurabi station. Um, you would have found out like vessels as they're trying to come back and forth are being looted and things like that. So mm-hmm. when the ships exploded and what we what so the drug ring worked like this. The consortium is moving giving bodies, shipping them off to Tawan, where they're loading them full of unrefined powder, the, the um, oh my God, what's that stuff called? The, from the red ants. The and it, yes, Umbra, thank you. And it's being moved back to Coriolis in bodies, where it's being processed and then moved back in bodies. That's why half the bodies had something in it, and uh, half the bodies did not. Yep. Huh. And so what happened was when those vessels that were headed in that were storing these bodies planned to get to Tawan, nobody knew the ships were going to explode when they went through a portal, dumped all these bodies. So her ship and her pirates started moving them in because there's no telling what you can find on people's bodies in space. It's just a thing. So they were going to basically be grave robbers. And what they found was a mother load was a mother load. And half these bodies had drugs in them and they had no idea. Yeah. And so they offered the bodies over after raiding the outside of them, not thinking to look on the inside. And that's when the doctor found them on the inside of the bodies. 
So that's kind of basically like the Ghazali was moving these bodies and then it exploded and they were having to dump cargo. Um, the freighter vessel that exploded was dumping cargo. So there was like this whole backstory I had written that none of you knew anything about. And that's when Sewell talked to the dancer. And that's when Sewell talked to the dancer. The doctor stabbed in the chest and now <laughs> that's why we have a doctor on board. No, don't fuck you. Okay, that was not my okay. You have a doctor on board question, because you li- Question from Mike for Dot. Is the doctor's condition besides the corruption bars is directly cool? related to the doctor's insanity? The doctor's insanity can be directly linked to Sewell's actions. The doctor being aboard your vessel <laughs> is linked to the fact that you gave her your number. I didn't give her my number. Did that? Yes, you did. I don't remember that. You left. You made it very clear to leave contact information. That's why when you got on Coriolis, your message is pinged because she had been leaving them for you. That makes sense. That sounds like something I would do. Um, So I'm just saying is this: which action was much more easy to avoid? My entire, you know, one-on-one with this crazy assassin where I was trapped. I didn't know what to do. Or my giving away a number to be fair to be fair to be fair the only reason she's on the ship is because when she pinged me she was cuckoo for cocoa puffs and also i got the opinion that she was a mystic um which both of the cuckoo and the mystic are directly related to being stabbed so if she wasn't stabbed i would never have invited her on the ship. Actually, she, she wouldn't even be. Coriolis she anyways. They shipped her there Coriolis. to treat her. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah she would. With her for the moment we they shipped her to Coriolis. They shipped her to Coriolis to treat her. Right. And but then I'm when saying, she got. Oh. If, if she hadn't been stabbed, she would have never been on Coriolis. You know what? That's also I'll true. I'll take responsibility. It's, it's your fault, fault, Paul. That's Fuck why. You. Thank you. Um, to answer this quick one in chat because it's related to this. Paul, I guess. The, what's been plaguing you for weeks Give is why off. the Corsair would bring the mules onto the station just to steal the drugs back. They, so, Lightning, they didn't know there were drugs in those mules. They thought they were j- just dead bodies. Yeah. They were going to just raid dead bodies. And... Um, Pirates still have to play the game, right? So basically the way I envision it is they found all these dead bodies. They looted them for what was in their pockets and that kind of stuff, if anything, and then found nothing. And so to keep them off their backs, they came to the security on the station and said, we're, we're here are these bodies. Yeah. They're labeled to go to Coriolis, right? Like, don't make yourself more guilty than you have to be because the reason that that high-end, uh, what was it, colonel or general was on board, the one that... Malik talked to yeah. is because they were there investigating the pirates. That makes sense. There's makes a lot sense. going on. Damn. There's there was a lot going on in that station that like I knew about that you guys never even touched. But it set up such a beautiful like foundation for what we did get out of it. Um, so that's why I just like, she was an important character, and then I made the decision to tie her because she's a pirate to the one person that can help her move things, drugs not included, obviously, because your father doesn't deal in drugs, Sewell. Right. But I thought it was the perfect tie-in to tie her to the syndicate as a means of, like, next day, step of moving whatever she finds in space. Well, in the same vein, uh, we have a question from Mad King Midas. Uh, for Dot, what has been the most polarizing incident in a game that made you th- go, wow, I really made them believe this story? It was... Um, I don't like that smile that just happened. It was. I don't like this question. It was. A, it was a. Um, it was actually a pretty proud GM moment. Uh, uh, thanks to Paul. The fuck. Um, the episode where we got Malik's backstory, mm-hmm. and Paul and Malik had this brilliant role played scene at the top where Sewell was reminding him, like, you've put your brother in danger. You've put your brother in danger. Are you even thinking about what you're doing? Which was so interesting because that was. 
Paul's, Paul's way of providing Sewell's backstory of not being able to protect his brother, which none of you knew about yet. Mm -hmm. I knew about, but none of you did. Mm -hmm. And then it was the perfect way to seed Mike's story and him falling asleep into that, basically that fever dream and cryostasis of, of him being like, you know, you need to protect your brother. You need to protect your brother, which. Oh yeah. I remember that. That was fucking. Remember that. And then you came out of it and you were like, you did you, there's no way you could have planned that because I did not plan what I was going to say. And I was like, I know. And it was a proud GM moment for me. And it was the one that I thought just like really sold Malik and Sewell as parallels to each other in a weird kind of way no i see that yeah totally um and 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 so it almost connected the two characters for the first time in the game um at least for at least for me from like an audience perspective i thought it was a really nice connection of the two to have this basis of like one of them's already fallen and failed to protect their brothers mm -hmm. and one of them is trying so desperately but failing and it's 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 watching it happen again See, that's you know? an interesting. That's a very interesting take on it because I agree that we're we're parallels, but I see it as like parallels that are opposite. Right? Is like so. Uh, whereas Sewell realized the only way to save you is and get you out of this whole life is yeah. to kill you. Is to kill you. Right. It's like whereas, the literal term of it. Whereas, so he sacrificed his brother to save his brother, essentially. Right. And whereas, hidden behind the guise for his father, which right. is the part we did not get to, right. that he did it to save the mission. Yeah. Where, so he lives the lie of why he really did it. Yeah. Whereas, I think Joey and I actually had a conversation after the, after the last episode about Malik, um, and he's the opposite. He will take on any burden possible to mm -hmm. make Tamir's life better or easier, or at least perceived to be better or easier um and that's why that's how he thinks he's doing the right thing is by if if i think what our conversation boiled down to was like if people think that malik is a piece of shit then even at uh, tamir's worst he's still better than malik and that's really all that matters kind of thing right um, right lifting your brother up yeah, yeah. And i think why that's where the parallel and the opposites mm -hmm. really attract like makes sense though because like not said is like souls is the the failure of what he tried to do mm -hmm. because he thought this was the one, the right way, but it obviously isn't the correct way. Yeah. And then Malik is trying what he thinks is the right way. Right. So that that's, and the thing is like, soul accepts that he fails. Right. That's why he is the way he is. While Malik is, that's why he's named his droid after his brother. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the yeah, same reason why he's definitely it's accepted so that. that I remember watching all of your faces. I remember Mike going, yeah. Like piecing it together and he was like, <laughs> yeah. wait a second. <laughs> so the whole purpose of that is because Soul, after he did that, went through a mental breakdown and oh. he couldn't function. So the only way for him to function is it's not that he has such good control of his emotions as an assassin, is that he had to he has such weak control of his emotions that he has to lock it away and just put it away. Yep. That's the only way that he's gonna function as a normal person from this point or his definition of normal right. um, forward is it's like, he puts off the face of like, I don't need emotions cause I'm a stone cold killer. But the truth <laughs> is, it's like, I'm so weak with handling my emotions. This was the only method of me functioning afterwards. It, it's that struggle of humanity, right? Like what do you lose of yourself when you take the things that define you? When you kill a thing that defines you like your brother, what is left? Right. And it's, 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 if we go all the way back to the very top of the season, when I introduced this and I, I explained to you guys, like why my name's little red dot and what it, what, why space is so scary, right? Why staring into the, the nothingness that we don't understand is terrifying, but also exhilarating at the same time. Um, and what 
loss really is and how do we come to terms with humanity when we're so small, when we're just a little dot in an entire universe. And I think that just just plays so beautifully into that, Paul. Um, like all of that, that struggle that each of you are finding with your humanity. Um, I even knew from the beginning, I wanted one of them to be a mystic. I didn't know who, but I was going to pitch it eventually because really the, the, the module that I've selected <laughs> is better if you have at least one mystic, at least people caring about the mysticides. And someone who can heal. And somebody who can heal. Um, so I, nobody had really said anything about it. So I reached out to Eris, which was really interesting. And I was like, how do you feel about this? Because I loved this concept of a story where maybe her parents were not as accepting that they were disbelievers of the mystics and believed them ill and sick and unworthy and what kind of struggle that would be if both children ended up being awakened as mystics and that's, shit yeah, it's such a good choice too I'm and like so i had mad. planned that when she started telling me to proud her parents i was like you know it's it was very personal to me because i come from a small town and my parents are wonderful humans like as people they're good people but they're small-minded mm -hmm. and when you're living in a place where everybody's lives are based around fear and terror and the darkness encroaching when something changes or becomes different that that flaw of humanity says we have to shun it and so so much that's so much of the mysticides and what's about to happen is built on this idea of like we have to cleanse the world or uh, the human existence of the mystics because they're not really human um in any way they are tainted by the darkness and so older parents people that lived through the portal wars right or were there possibly for some of it um may not be as trusting. And what does it mean to look at the things that you love your daughters and recognize that they are now on the opposite side of the line, right? It's, it's the coming out story in essence um, to some degree. And so I wanted that for Tao because I thought it would be very, very interesting since she had a beautiful loving relationship with her family that I wanted to destroy by the darkness. Great, thanks. <laughs> Speaking. I tried to give my characters nice backstories because mine was shit and good relationships with their parents because I don't have mine. And then yep. you're just terrible. Yeah, I'm it. just there. And the thing is, is like they're struggling too. I think that was one of the moments I really wanted to land at the end of the season is like, it's not it's obviously not that your parents don't love, like, love you. They showed up, your mother hugged you and she kissed you. It's about the struggle that everybody is coming to terms with what could, this could possibly mean. And do we even accept it? If, if we can just cure it, right? Everything will be better. So I'm going to just keep hoping to cure it. They're going to come back. She's going to save our other daughter and it's going to be perfect. And so that level of denial uh, that comes with the acceptance of something like this um, is really where your mother is at. Your father's coping a little bit better. Um, but it was really interesting to watch Tamir learn that information. Yeah. First. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's really no, interesting. It's cool. It's cool. We're gonna we're gonna have a long chat. Yeah, I was oh. like, it, that's what I was like. I love it when all of you do make really genuine choices, like such as go to the library, you don't even think about running into her mother and then spilling the beans, because the scene coming out of that is well worth well worth it. Um on the topic of ripping out Tell's heart. Oh, Hold on. I Wait. also want to say in that in that same parallel, he had literally just stopped yelling at his brother for doing things for that. him. Yep. And then he goes and tells Tal's mom. Yep. Yep. 
without talking to Tal first. There's, there's that's, so many. That's how he's cycles. never broached the subject. He's they never actually talked about it. That's what I'm saying. There's so many like relatability, relatable <laughs> things in all of our characters. I absolutely love. Yeah. Like yeah. nobody here is perfect or or even close to being good. Like there's so many flaws. Yeah. Oh, in hold on. Character. Tal is actually good. Okay. She's a good person. Yeah. She is. She is Actually, good. Yeah. She's I, just. She's troubled. I don't think. She's I don't not, think anyone doesn't make the correct bad. decision for. Yeah. No, none of you chose to go this like I, I'm a, a a a bad guy space agent and I'm here to kill everybody. I mean, Sewell's had to kill people, but when we learn it's about kind of why Sewell, yeah, he's yeah, he's forced. What we haven't learned is his family and his brothers have been forced into servitude. Mm-hmm. Um, manipulated even um, the way that, say, maybe Malik was. Or, well, Tamir was supposed to be and Malik took up that mantle, but, like, you know, mm-hmm. I think it does. It is very super relatable in yeah, that. like, Malik is doing bad for a good reason, at least in his head yeah. he's doing bad. And I think all of you are. It's like, oh, I gotta work for the syndicate, but I'm working for the syndicate to save my brother, right? right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, there's, there's so many... All of you are, are not bad people. You are working for bad people. That just comes back to the, the whole topic of humanity because humanity isn't black and white. Yeah, it's exactly. complex. Yep. We do things because we think they're right, but right and wrong is merely perspective. Yeah. Um, you know what? So I, I'm going to skip a question real quick. I, I like this question. Uh, are, are there going to be more backstories in season two? Uh, I don't want to speak for Dot. But I kind of hope not, right? Like no more flashbacks. Like you got your flashbacks in season one to reveal backstory, but going forward, now you have enough information with the characters that now this is their journey beyond that kind of point. Like I don't, I don't see the need for another flashback for Malik. I think we're good, um, at least from my from a, from a player's perspective. Um, if backstory gets revealed throughout the course of like a converse, a genuine conversation, um, sure. But like, I don't feel the need to have another flashback for my my character. Um, also, I think our characters are close enough where we can now reveal our past in roleplay mm-hmm. rather yeah. than just like doing flashbacks. Like, like Saul will eventually have the conversation with Tamir of why, like, it's pretty obvious why he cares so much about Tamir. And he will have the conversations because I've had brothers, because right. I lost my brothers. And he, it, it, like, the flashbacks will come in the dialogue, and I think that will impact the future characteristics. Sure, further. Sure. So I'm not opposed to flashbacks. So from from a GM perspective, I use the flashbacks as a storytelling mechanism. Mm-hmm. Now we have a character with premonition. We will not be looking back. Yeah, back. that's cool. We'll be looking like forward. I like that. Right. Also, Season two is about looking towards. Like what is the yeah. future? What is a what is a what yeah. is a premonition? Um, and how do we write our own destiny? Kind of is what this is. Is like just because something is said to be is does it become or can our choices change mm-hmm. destiny? Um, also, I think you you hit a point in character <laughs> development where you straddle the line between what is um, like actual role playing and what is just blatant exposition. Um, yes. And I think we're there, right? Like we, a great thing was at the end of episode uh, 12, when there was a small moment, at the very end where Malik slips out of the ship and talks to Tal's dad. And then it ends. 
and there's no description about why that happened or what that was about. And I feel like that's fine. And if someone asks him about that, I think that's exposition and he's mm-hmm. going to lie to you. But like behind the scenes, Joey texted me like 45 minutes after the episode and it was like, what the hell was that about? And then we had like a two hour long conversation <laughs> about what the hell that was about and why Malik did that. And that goes back to the whole why Malik, if, if Malik is a piece of shit at a minimum, Tamir looks better than him yeah. unless he like is, is an actual terrorist. Because yeah. if you if you watch Malik, if you watch Malik throughout all of the episodes, anytime he does something good, it's alone. It's off camera. It's without the rest of the Like crew. leaving his phone number for a doctor. Yeah. Anytime he does something that's like genuine and like a good person, like rescuing the doctor, it happened off camera. And then he's like, hey guys, I brought a doctor. Oh, wacky Malik. What's he going to do? And then everyone was like, Malik, what the fuck? As opposed to like, hey, great job, man. And if you yeah. watch that scene at one, one split second, Tamir goes, I think you did something good. And I brushed it over completely and then switched back to Tal yelling at me because yeah. there's no, there's Again, no something soul and uh, Malik share yeah. facades mm-hmm. they both wear a facade yep i don't know what you're talking about and yeah, i think that's, that's really cool i think that's part of the parallel that i like between the two characters and it's it's what differentiates uh our characters <laughs> i will also say if you guys want to have moments like that where you ask the characters you can join the discord and have discussions just also say, true. Get in there oh, i also i also say as a gm the flashbacks were also a one of the things that I love doing as a GM is one-on-one. I love one-on-one games. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and I knew that it was going to take us all 12 episodes to get to just a launching off point for this fucking story. Yeah. So um, I knew that a, a, a an entire episode with each one was not going to work. So I used the flashbacks as a, mean also, a means also to just get to do a one-on-one with the players for a short period of time. I think I think having it be a scene like that, like a twenty minute scene, was fucking choice. That was perfect. I think a whole episode would have been too much. So um, much. Given <laughs> like how much like, shit was going on. For exa- exactly. So for example, like if we had done Sewell's entire like two hour episode, oh, yeah, we would like have actually. I was about to say we would have done. We would have watched him and his brother do the mission. Yeah. And the end of the session would have been what you saw in the flashback. Yep. And then it would have picked up real time with, with him stabbing Tamir. Yeah. Yeah. You I know, think... but it would have been a lot. And out and in terms of the way the pacing, for example, mm-hmm. did the pacing need that much? No. All we needed to see was him stab his brother. Yeah. We needed to set up the escalate of of, of the heightened experience of them doing a mission together. I love you, brother. I love you. You're the best brother. Die. Get wrecked. Um there's also like there's 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 a never-ending supply of opportunities for even smaller flashbacks yes. from the from the, the the player perspective, right? Like at any given moment, any one of us could be doing an action and then engage in their own flashback where they see themselves doing a similar yep. action, and then you see around them some crazy shit goes down, and they kind of blink and rub their eye, and they're like, "Fuck it, I gotta do this." We've thing. also got like space sickness and stuff, and a right. lot of the the mental piece of of the Coriolis game build that we've not dived as into yet. Mm-hmm. Um, had you pissed off the Jin? Had you pissed off the shin, yeah. you guys would have been. <laughs> um, so, you know, because it, it basically messes with your mind. It just degrades your mental state over time. It's a demon for Pete's sake. So that that's also one way that we can do some of these flashbacks, right? Like when the mind starts to go, what it 
connects to as it's losing itself are the most powerful points, like the big memories. Mm-hmm. Um, so it may trigger something as you go into a dark place, kind of the way Sewell's backstory actually triggered. So there, there may be opportunity for it, but I would way rather play on the kind of absurd uh, big concept premonitions mm-hmm. moving into the future. Cause I think that that's going to be a lot more interesting storytelling specifically for Tao. Uh, oh shit. I love this one. Uh, question for dot. What was your favorite point where the crew messed things up? Uh, messed, messed things up. Everything you had planned. If anything, um, I just want to say before dot answers, y'all remember that time we spent three whole episodes on the Hamura space station. We were supposed to spend that? one. <laughs> You remember that time that we jumped from the Hamura station into Tawin mm-hmm. and we had a 30% chance of doing it? And we failed With a critical, yeah, critical success. Um, I'll tell you the one thing that really fudged me because I wasn't, they found out a lot more. Im- so them going to Tawin was based on the fact that they all found out a lot more information than they were supposed to. And that was based on a cr- off of critical role that. Mike made for to, uh, for Malik to data Jin old information and piece it together to try to figure it out. That is the single reason that they got extreme amounts of information about the white butterfly, about the first horizon, the first horizon piece. They were not supposed to get till they got back to Coriolis. I- so <laughs> that critical role was so impactful in terms of what they learned they were never supposed to go to Talon. Oh, the module does not have your crew going to Talon. So everything from leaving the Hammurabi station and jumping into Talon and back to Coriolis, none of that I had planned. Like half the, the latter half of yeah. the campaign, I had to replan because that was not part of it. Oh, shit. That's I, wild. I will say I love how low-key mad Joey gets whenever I crit because I only crit on the most bullshit reasons. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, no. Don, I'm going to hack the entire planet and get all the information we need. You're like, sure you are. Go right ahead. Of course you are. Four successes. You're like, fuck. And here's the thing. I actually think for most of your critical successes, they've been re-rolls because you've given yeah. them a darkness point. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes, they shit. have been. Yeah. But they're all things that are like... Dumb moments. Like, I think, yep. I think every single one of my crits has resulted in us getting more than we should have had at this point. Um, yeah. 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 Yep. Just the dumbest shit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> then Mike says, sorry, I'm awesome all the time. I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> oh, man. Such an ass. Uh, so just so everybody knows, I'm going into season two with 12 darkness points. Oh, um, um, I so, will be spending some of them to activate story aspects. Um, so right, some of them get yeah. used, but... There they are, all 12 of them. Um, I will say, Dot, if you end season two with darkness points, you have to come back for season three to spend them. Um, Great. So what I'm hearing is I need to spend all of them yeah. this upcoming season. <laughs> Damn it, Mike. It backfired. <laughs> Question for Tal. Uh, has there been any moments when Tal was strongly debating the welfare of the ship over the crew? Ooh. Every moment. <laughs> I was going to say, the, so did you here's... see the campaign? <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing, is that... Um, Tal realizes that she needs uh, Malik and Sewell in order to complete the mission that she needed to do. Uh, If nothing else, because she understood that it's 
can you stop, please, uh, both of you? Such dicks. Bitches. I just want to say, Mike, we're useful. Right, right. She needs extra people to yep. help protect Tamir. Yep. I remember. <laughs> That's it. I, I, I remember. I remember you coming to me because I remember us talking about how important the ship was, and then when we had yeah. the flashback. Obviously, we recognize why it's your literal home, the only home you've ever known. But I remember after, it was like episode two or three, somewhere early in in it, um, I got a message from you that was like, Dot, I think that Tao has feelings for Tamir. That was it, like episode two. It was like episode, episode two. One, episode was it? One two, it was yeah, so it was amazing. And one. it was something that we had not planned at all. And it not was really all. interesting because I, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, that what happened was you made a, it was like a natural character instinct to protect him. Yeah. And that's when you realized how important he was because you chose to protect him over, say, the ship or the thing that you thought was most important to Tao. And it was this really beautiful moment. And you're like, I don't know what to do. And I was like, Message gnome. <laughs> like, get I, on that story. Um, I want to. I want to say I have. I have been waiting for this. The, the hashtag uh, uh, Talmir for the entire game because after Aris message gnome, gnome texted me. It was like Aris and I are talking. We might have a thing, and I was like, spill everything. He's like, I can't spill anything yet. We haven't figured it out yet. And I was like, fuck. I need to know. I need to know everything. So, I need to know the details um and so yeah here's the thing is that i i was like well for whatever reason while i was role-playing tell she had this natural like i must protect tamir moment um and i was like why would she feel this way and i was like well you know i mean Tamir's a pretty smart guy. He seems like a sweetheart. He's really intelligent. They probably get along pretty well. They're roughly the same age. He's ruggedly handsome and yet soft. Exactly. Totally, totally something that I feel like Tao would go for. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, Tamir is her intern. So when I messaged Gnome, I was like, look, if you're not interested at all in this being a thing, that's fine. We just won't mention it ever. But <laughs> Tal has something for Tamir. And that it just kind of went from that. I am going to put uh, you both on blast real quick um, in, a, in a positive light. So, Joe, oh you don't normally play, correct me if I'm wrong, you don't normally play any kind of character with vested romantic interests typically ever is that correct yeah right mm -hmm. okay yep that's usually like a line or a veil for me perfect so everyone this is a fucking hot tip right here talk to your fucking players right yep you can make this happen there are shit that like joey and i have worked out behind the scenes that we've just brought into the game obviously talmir was talked about behind the scenes before it just happened in the game it was talked to with dot to make sure like talk to people like make sure they're okay I'll tell with you, shit before this you was actually the second time this season on both my Viking show and this show where I have had players tell me that they never do romance in games. That was, yeah. that was me on the that Viking was, show too. <laughs> then I had two people from the Viking show message me about it because so did another person. Yeah. About it. That was like, I never do romantic stuff. It's always a line or a veil for me. Um, and so um, as 
personally speaking, I'm actually going through my first time having a real romantic thing in a campaign that I'm a part of. And so um, it makes me very happy as a GM mm-hmm. to know that the cable is comfortable enough for you to explore that um, and for you to be able to say, I don't want to do this or I do want to do this. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just makes me, makes my heart swell because romance comes in many forms. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm learning too. I think um, it doesn't have to look one way or another. Like we may never see Tao and Tamir kiss. But we will always use the hashtag, let my people but we, but we may always use the hashtag. But I think what we're saying is it doesn't sometimes uh, romance on screen um, and in gameplay feels like you need to do more. Mm-hmm. But the really passionate things and the stuff that speaks for itself does that. It's, it speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I encourage you, if you have romance at your table, like when Eris came to me and she's like, I don't know what to do with this. The first thing I said is, well, we need to rope in the other player. This cannot, this is not a secret. Yep. Um, this is not something that should be a secret. Um, so be real about it and trust your players to handle it mm-hmm. so that they sure. can, you know, in a mature way so that they can still mm-hmm. role play it very naturally mm-hmm. and organically, um, but also know that they got each other's backs. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and, there is and a, I think that's important. Okay. Oh, no, go ahead. Good. Oh, um, I, I like, I think that's important to kind of continue reiterating that Eris and I check in on each other regularly mm-hmm. with it. Like, is this okay? Do we want to do this? Are we looking towards this? Like, and no, okay it is not my job to, yeah, it is not my job to force their romance. Right. Mm-hmm. This is a story I, arc that they've produced. They've produced. And so I never set them up for it. They set themselves up for it. That's another thing. It is not your job as a GM to drive the romantic storyline. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say, bear in mind, people, we do have we have our Twitter group chat, which is where we talk about the game um, that we discuss this thing. So we're basically constantly checking in on each other, both in character and out of character to see what's going on in your life. And then we each have like I know I've talked to Joey back and forth and and we've discussed things. I've talked to Paul a few times. Uh, Arison and and Joey are obviously talking about certain things. Um, So like check in with your group, check in with individual people that you're having, you know, important scenes with check in with your GM. Make sure they're not losing their goddamn mind um, because you keep doing chaotic things. Um, but like if if you have a secret and only you know it, you don't have a secret. Uh, and you can you can you can put that on a goddamn quilt. If your character secrets has a secret, don't matter if nobody knows about them. One hundred percent. If your character yeah. is the only person that knows the secret, it doesn't exist in the course of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and for you to just jam your secret in there, it doesn't make any narrative sense. And you've just made everyone be like, "Oh, that was weird." It's, anyway, it's a, it's a little selfish. It's yeah. a little selfish. It's a little you're selfish. injecting your opinion without the consult. Like, the thing that I've learned from playing with these four amazing people is that this is a collective story mm-hmm. and a collective project that we are all working on. Dot is the GM. Uh, Mike is the host that brought the, the of the channel. We but and we're we're players, but there's no difference in weight. Everyone yeah. shares a shared responsibility, and everyone shares a same level of, um, I guess, I guess responsibility, and to yeah. make this project responsibility work. for the story. Yeah, we are all equal. It's one fifth of the project, and I think what I because when I used to play D and D, I when I was a player, I felt like just a player with no say in. So if I had an idea that I wanted to do. I wouldn't voice it because it's like 
eh, they might not care or it's not worth it. Right. That, that's the point. You are a one-fifth of a show. That means you have one-fifth of an opinion. You have one-fifth of the rights to share that opinion. No, you have, guess, a whole whole. Opinion. you have a whole, whole opinion. Whole opinion. Yeah. You have a whole opinion. You, know I mean? you, know I mean, you have a, a whole opinion that input. makes it, yeah, a fifth of the pie. You have a, yeah. Yeah, you are, you're equal. Damn it. But you guys get it. Sorry, buddy. You only get fifth. Uh, only a fifth of your opinions. <laughs> only a fifth of the so opinion. I think the point I mean, you can like, have a whole opinion, from... but only a fifth matters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. That's what I meant to say. Um, what I want to say is, like, me as a new player coming into a stranger's group, like, that's very important. And I think that's the reason why we've made such amazing story arcs here mm-hmm. is because we were also open and honest with our thoughts, opinions, and just talking about it, you know? Yeah. So a little tidbit from a noob, just it, th- there's no harm in asking. There's no harm in talking. Yep. yep. There's yep. absolutely no harm. Just do it. Don't be a bitch. Don't be a bitch. <laughs> Hashtag facts. Don't be a bitch. Um, but only a fifth of that matters. Yeah, but only a fifth of your opinion of a bitch. Only a fifth of doesn't count at all if you're a stitch bitch. Yeah, right. And you're a full on. <laughs> and if you're a stitch bitch on Twitch. Damn it. If you're a stitch bitch on Twitch. Without a switch. switch. Without a switch. No switch. I'm not a switch bitch. Eris, you you have to get a switch, though. We have to somehow get you a switch, because I actually got a sewing machine in the game, and I'm just waiting for you to Me too! I I got one today, and I was like, I'm hanging on to this for Eris. I thought that! I don't... I don't have so much money. I mean, I'm, I'm just, yep, go to airsavant.com. Yep. That's okay. Cause go I, get yourself some cool dice things. I actively haven't checked my mail in a week and a half because I'm afraid that Joey bought the game and sent it to me. So... Uh, with what unemployment Perfect. money? Great. Like, <laughs> that's what I'm like. I'm like, man. Like, I, love you, bro, I was like, thank God we're all broke. I love you, bro, but I don't love you that much. <laughs> I got a mortgage that was two weeks ago. So, I'm like, thank, thank God we're all broke, and no one can send me this stupid game. Uh, oh God. Look, if you were gonna send Mike the game, just send it to me instead, that's please. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. I, I will appreciate it. it so much more. <laughs> Mike doesn't even want to play it. He's like, screw it. Yeah. I don't get it. It's it's capitalism, the game, but with adorable animals. Yeah, uh, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> what do you think your space game is? Yeah. This, Isn't it space capitalism? Yeah. No. Capitalism, but we don't like it when you, it's all there's us. There's no capitalism. Well, let me tell you what Dot does in space. Yeah, I Dot, your things, space I game is it. capitalism. <laughs> And I make a lot of creds. No, Joey and I are wet warriors, and we traverse okay. the galaxy. Over. And they build bases together. And we build mm-hmm. bases. Yeah. Yeah. Boring. Where, where those, where I have is, a lot of money, a lot of ships, a freighter. That's because oh I am I'm reigning supreme at the capitalism in space. You no. guys can continue to have your base. You your have little, a like, galactic. You're a galactic overlord. You're just basic space bitches. You're little wet Those who don't bitches. know, they're talking about okay. No Man in the Sky. For no Man in the Sky. No, no okay. Man in the you, Sky. You, yeah, No Man in the Sky. That's actually Joey and Mike. The No Man in the Sky. It's, that's it's, them. Okay, it's no, no, I'm the real man it's, in the sky who's owning capitalism. It's Nomansky <laughs> is the name of the game. Okay, it's Nomansky. Nomansky. It's Nomansky. I like how I like how that that inside joke. <laughs> so it, I'm, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let everyone in on the no, the, on the Nomansky joke. Don't, don't, say. don't. No, no, it's, it's completely. Awful. It's no the Nomansky one, not not the oh, wet warriors. Oh, thing. I, was, I don't want to talk wet warriors. So. <laughs> Nomansky is any time Joey and I are playing the game and we don't know an answer to something, I will ask my Google 
home device uh, the answer. And it will say, according to the website, nomansky.com, <laughs> this is the answer. And so now we refer to the game as Nomansky. Because no it's all one word. <laughs> it's just this kind of like hefty, you know, Polish guy off on yeah. 8th Street or something. You know? That's my buddy Nomansky! Nomansky at the end of How the much, block! Just get me him! <laughs> show has produced a a very strong friendship with these this cast so again don't be a bitch go play your games talk to your cast talk to your crew have a good time because at the end of the day when you're having a good time it produces a good show yeah stories matter people stories matter matter people matter hashtag but not before stories eris i'm just kidding (laughs) only only one fifth of your personhood matters okay Uh, okay, (laughs) we're getting into i just want to say there's five people on this call so that's right fair okay So oh, one whole, your whole person matters, but only one fifth of your opinion. I got it. Okay. okay. Yeah. Great. Perfect. Awesome. Whole person. It's of opinions. Um, yeah. No, but I, I have to say, um, it was very. It was funny. Like, um, I think I put this in the Discord the other day when Mike came to me. He's like, "Oh, okay, we're gonna do Coriolis, but I've only got me, you, and Joey." Oh yeah. I was like, well, I can't run it with just two of you. Um, he's like, "Well, I need more players." And I was like, "What?" I mean, I, I could have. Could you have imagined Malik and Tamir do space? Yes. <laughs> I imagine it all the time. What if you did a stranded in space with two brothers? And it's just don't, their don't, dynamic. Don't, sh- stop, stop. Do you you're, know what you're describing? You're describing Joey's exact fantasy of living lost in space out combined with I the Roman alchemist. I would, I would run that game and I would run it like the story of Cain and Abel. And oh only God. one of them will make it out of no the way. end. I'm out. Yes. Yes. Yep. I'm out. I'm in, Zach. Oh I'm fucking God. in. That'd I'm fucking so in. Good. Yes. Only nope. one of them can make it out at the end. No nope. psychological, nope. like a psychological isolation story of yeah. what being alone in space with one other person can do to a person. That'd be yep. insane. Yep. Yep. That's that degradation of humanity. But that being said, I was like, I know two people. I want to obviously always want to game with Eris. So I was like, more Eris, please. And then I was like, I got this other guy. I've been promising this dude for a while we're going to game together again. And I've just like not had the opportunity, the right moment, scheduling, those kind of things. And I was like, so I'm going to reach out to this guy, Paul. Mike was like, do I know this Paul? And I was like, you do not. You have to trust me on this one, Mike. And he was like, cool, I do. (laughs) Okay, was the response. And um. I was like, cool. And we all came together and it was like magic. Hi, I'm Paul. It was like magic. <laughs> I'm Paul. Um, yeah, and it, it was wild. just like a crazy moment um, when we all came to Like, I remember session zero being a lot of fun. It was kind of heavy because like Coriolis um, mechanics can be a lot, especially during setup if you're going as deep as like we were and trying to get the ship together and all this kind of stuff. But very lost. the very first game, it was just like that chemistry just happened it was like sugar spice everything nice and then we dropped in some chemical eggs and out the other side Paramount girls yeah sorry <laughs> <laughs> um like it was like it was truly the perfect combination of everything and um i remember the, after the first game we were so fucking hyped we chatted in twitter for like an hour and a half afterwards it was like, Ooh. and every time after that was like when's more space please um so yeah 
like yeah, I said, I was, and forged a really dope friendship. Yeah. yeah. I was very, um, I don't know if impressed is the right word, but I was very ecstatic about the first episode and how it went down. Because, like, I had never played uh, with Aris before, and I've seen you play on things, and I didn't even know who Paul was. Um, Paul. So, uh, I had an expectation of, like, how Aris played in certain things, Um so like it was kind of a little bit easier to play off her character, um, and your your like little vignette that you started with in the bar kind of gave us insight into who your character was. But uh, Sewell barely had a vignette, and it was just like, bam, you're with Malik, and I, <laughs> yeah, I we just throw it together. I, 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 I did that I, on purpose. I low key forgot that like Dot was like, hey, here's Paul, he's new, and I was like, wham, and I just went like hard into role playing, and you were like, okay, and just went with it, and I was like. All right, cool. And then I remembered it afterwards, and I was like, cool. Because I shit on you hard in the first episode, and you were like, dope. And you just went with it, and I was like, oh, that worked. I didn't just terrify that kid and make him not want to play RPGs ever again. So I'm glad that worked out. I'm self-deprecating in real life, so it's all good. (laughs) Same, dude. (laughs) That's a mood. We're Um, both from the East Coast. Yeah. But I, I, but I, I liked that like your character played off of, or just was completely like didn't get any of Malik's insults. You're just like what, and then it just like rolled off, and I was like, great, this is this will be a a funny dynamic to have, uh, and it was, it was quite yeah. a funny dynamic for a while. I was definitely like shedding bricks, yeah, in the first episode because I was like, <laughs> shedding I bricks, yeah, shedding See? bricks. Shitting. They poop in the mouth. Shitting. Sorry. Yeah. No. I'm foreign. He sheds. He sheds other things. Shitting. 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 Because, again, I, I don't know anyone, so I was really worried, but I thought I had a lot of fun, so that's all I gave a shit about. Yeah. It, it, I, and it's one of the reasons why I started with you. Like, we opened everything up with, um, I don't know if you guys can see it, but that's Mike's double chin on my chest. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, I'm glad I have two of those. Okay. Uh, just so that you all know. Thanks, I'm expecting um, I'm going to start to work out tomorrow, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Chelsea. Uh, it was much larger than I planned on it being. I, I thought it was going to be your face, and it was just chin. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Uh, Aw, look at that. Um, <laughs> but that's why I started with Paul, because I one, I knew that the, the other three of you had a lot of role-play experience, and um, I wanted you to see Paul role-play before yeah. you had to interact with him. Um, so that there was a little bit of a comfortability. And, you know, never hurts to, like, shake off the cobwebs and... Yeah. You know, and I knew I knew that Paul was going to bring his A game to the table. He didn't know that. No, I did not. I was shedding bricks. You did well. Yeah, yep. I, you did great. And I knew it. I knew it I'm from glad. the beginning. I was like, he's going to be perfect. I just need to. I need to get him all warmed up. Yeah, I feel like if if we hadn't told people somewhere in the game, and especially today, that like you were newer to role playing, I don't think anyone would have guessed that. Um, no, during this campaign, I don't think anyone. I wouldn't have game. guessed if you hadn't told me. Yeah, no blushing. Yeah, I, I think you stop it. You should. You did super well. Uh, yep. it, it's been, it has been a goddamn good time. It has. Uh, We're all friends. Do we have more questions, Mike? Uh, we don't. We don't have any more questions. Uh, no I'm more gonna, questions. I'm going to ask a question um, oh, for everyone. <laughs> what are you actually? You know what? Everyone but Dot. Um, what are you hoping for? in season two. Dot, I can't ask you because you know what season two is. Now, I can still 
to talk about what I'm looking forward to, but no, I guess it's... instead what I'm about to do is take a bunch of notes. That's Good fine. job, Mike. Yeah, you're welcome. Tina. Well, I mean, he's asking what we're hoping for, so yeah, that's that's a good amount of notes to take. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, ever since you're talking, uh, what are you what are you hoping for in season two? Oh, I don't know. I definitely. Um... I can't wait to have that talk with uh, Tamir. Oh, that's gonna be. Oh, he doesn't man. want to have that talk. <laughs> wait, which talk with Tamir about the Paris thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and about, about, about Tamir yeah. being a little goddamn tattletale. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's gonna be exciting. Yeah. I hope that happens. Episode one. Because well, because there's there's a lot of a lot of things that they need to talk about. And... There's a lot of things. <laughs> so there's a lot of a things lot. that Tal and Tamir need to you talk about. Know, Tamir has to talk to a lot of people. He's got to talk to Malik. He's got to talk to Sol. Yeah, it's because everybody cares Tal. about. Because yeah. everybody loves Tamir and everybody wants to interact with Tamir and nobody wants to interact with each other because we all suck. Yeah. <laughs> a group always has to have a heart. I will say and Tamir is that heart. Is the heart of the group. That's true. That's a true. Um, I will say I don't think that. Uh, at least I don't feel Joey could feel different. I don't think that Tamir and Malik are going to talk about what just happened. Right, I think it's one of those like sibling things, like this in the same way that we physically fought, and then shit went down, and we just kind of like brushed the fight aside, and then ignored it. Um, I think the fight that just happened, where like he was like, "Stop making decisions for me," and I was like, "You don't have a fucking choice. I'm your brother." Um, I think that conversation happened, and then there's that 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 tension where like, oh, they need to talk this out, and then we're just not going to do it. And then we're just going to be like, Meh, and forget about, not forget about it, but like bury it under the rug and then just keep going. And I, think, fight. And I But I think that's going to like, so like you saw like a punch happen and then he sulked, right? Uh, they both sulked. And then now it got a little bit bigger back on Coriolis where he was like, I'm walking away from you. Don't ever do this to me. I might not be coming on this, this adventure with you. And I think we're going to continue pushing it off. And it's going to, every time it like peaks, it's going to be slightly bigger than the last time. That feels like the most familial thing. Stop. Stop. Stop it. Because you can see Dot. We just shut up and yeah. stop talking. Listen. But yeah. So I what think... about you? What are you? What are you looking forward to? Me or, or Joey? Joey. Joey, what are you looking forward to in season two? You said uh, stop talking, so you talk. That's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> honestly, I have a list. I have to have a conversation, or Tamir has to have a conversation with Tal mm-hmm. and Malik mm-hmm. and Sul. What, I, what, what did I just say? Damn. Yeah, we all need to talk to Tamir. Tamir's just going to be busy talking to everybody. My question is like, <laughs> nobody else is going to talk. <laughs> it's just Tamir talking so to everybody. One on one sessions you wanted? Looks like you're going to get a two one on two or whatever sessions. Yep. Oh, I'm not worried about it. <laughs> it's, you're, you're all going to get your chance to talk to each other. Um, in that case, uh, Paul, what are you looking forward to? Yeah. So. If you guys remember, the beginning of our the session, everyone had their own objectives, right? Someone was to protect someone, someone wanted money, somebody wanted drugs, and the other had to complete a, a task. So for the whole um, season... pretty sure it was just you two. Okay, so we all had... No, 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 hold on. <laughs> you and I had to finish yeah. the job, and you also needed to get your experience needed for your to write a report. Yep. Yeah, you got to so, write your yeah. report. Every oh, that's something for my list. Tamir needs to turn in his report. I thought he did. Ah, no. Oh, okay. Um, so every character has a specific dynamic that they're trying to reach. However, in season two, 
we were all given one objective. So all of season one, we were all kind of mm-hmm. working behind each other's back, trying to figure stuff out. And we got to see that, how that worked out. I want to see how the group's going to work collectively now. Now that we have one goal, there's no more backstabbing. Everyone got what they wanted. We all have one thing. So I want to see how well or how shitty the group's going to work collectively and what kind of tension that's going to bring. Because now, like, sometimes what no or what uh, Tamir wanted to do, Malik was okay with because while he was doing that, he was going to go do something. But now let's say Malik and uh, Tamir want the same thing, but they want to do it differently. What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. You know? So I'm curious to see the group dynamic when they're given one specific goal with one specific mind. Mm-hmm. I, I I agree. Like I I know how Malik is going to react to Tamir um, in a situation where we have a different opinion. I don't. Sorry, know. I should rephrase it. It's Malik and Tal. Those are the two I'm worried. I was about. gonna say yeah. I don't yeah. know how Malik and uh, Malik will react to Tal. We will definitely con. We will definitely have conflict because we've been. I think. In the same way that, like, uh, Tal and uh, Tamir have been, like, dancing around romantic feelings, I feel like there has been a tension between um, Malik and Tal that has just been slowly, like, smoldering to a point where, like, I think the most heated it, it got was when I brought the Doctor on the ship. Um, but, like, we're we're yeah. headed towards a fight somewhere. Um, oh, you are so, like, so gonna be... I, too bad there's not a break on board your ship. Yeah. Well, I think the only oh. reason the only reason why we haven't fought yet is because our our goal, despite the fact that we've never talked about it, our goal is protecting Tamir, and that's yeah, the right. only thing. That's the dam, right? That's the dam holding back these these flood this flood. Um, and I think when that dam breaks, uh, there's going to be a fight, and I'm really interested to see that fight because that's going to put Tamir in a very that's, difficult situation. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a really cool, strong role playing moment that I obviously am well aware that Joey can handle. Um, uh, but I think that's going to be a very I think interesting. Think about that. Yeah. All the time. Yep. <laughs> like, oh my God, there's going to come a point in time where a choice is going to have to be mm-hmm. made. Oh, and I'm what do you so think Tamir I'm, will choose? I'm so interested. Um, right oh. this second, I think Tamir chooses Malik. But I, think, I don't I know where Tamir that would, goes. I think Tamir would choose Malik. Right now. I think I think he would I think he would um uh hate Malik for mm-hmm. putting him into that position. Oh, hundred percent. But he would be forced to make the decision and he, he would hold resentment towards him. 100%. If he, he if he's put in the position where he has to choose between Tao and Malik, he will choose Malik, but after that choice, their dynamic will completely shift. Hundred percent. That's um, my thought process. But I think that's right now. I don't know in six episodes or seven episodes or eight episodes. I don't know where that goes, how that how that plays out, right? But I think yeah. right now um, because there's, it's, it, it's still a very much, it's not, I don't even think it's a, a will they, won't they with Tamir in town right now. I think it's a, oh, you, you might be in like with this person, right? Like you both have a crush. So I don't think it's gotten to the point where it, it would be a choice for him. I think it'd be an uncomfortable moment and he would be regretting it. Like, like, uh, like Paul said. Uh, but I think if that continues to grow, then it's going to be a serious decision for, uh, Tamir. And I'm really excited to see how that plays out. Um, because those moments are dope. Um, yeah. I will say now earlier, you said that, uh, you, it was interesting because Tal was so neutral mm. on Malik mm. when people are usually polarized, that's right. because of Tamir. Right, exactly. 
<laughs> That's true. You tolerate that is, Malik because of Tamir. Right. Well, I mean, when when you were introduced, you were introduced as his older brother. Right. So Tal's like, all right, I gotta deal with this guy. Yeah. Okay. I don't All right, know. he's a dick. <laughs> all right, he's a big dick. I'm still gonna mm-hmm. Yep. Sure, you can yeah, that's fine. I I don't know what breaks first. <laughs> either either Tal will fight Malik. Um, because it won't go the other way around. I know that. Um, or Malik will do something to expose himself to Tal that he's not actually a piece of shit. That will that will further that tolerance. It will give him enough good grace to be like, uh, ah, okay, you're not a bad guy. I have a question. Yes. Did Tal find out that Malik took Tamir's debt to save him? Has that been made known and clear to Tal? Were we not all in the I, room? Yeah, we were all in the we room all... when they were talking about stuff. Yeah, in the Hot Springs episode. Um, <laughs> well, there was, there was that, but then there was also, uh, I guess this is another spoilers. Oh, yeah, spoilers. Uh, in spoilers. Beep, 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 spoilers. Um, in the other, in, in what was it, the last episode when we got our new assignment, we had that talk where they were like, okay, and now your debt's gone, and now there's this, and, and all this is has been all magically erased and taken care of. And Tamir didn't want to agree to it because yeah. mm-hmm. his debt was in there. And he went through this whole thing about how, like, um, you know, you, you didn't, you took away my choice on what to do and you yep. didn't talk to me about it. And then he goes and talks to Tal's mom in the library. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think. So, yeah, we we talked about that. I think all of our cards are on the table, pretty much at this point. Yeah, yeah, I think- which is where I wanted to leave all of you coming into season two. Like, I wanted all the cards on the table. I wanted it to feel vulnerable mm-hmm. and like um, you didn't have a choice, almost. Yeah. Um, right, your debt. It needed to feel like a Deus Ex Machina was wrapped around something really sour. Mm-hmm. Right. So like we basically got that day as this machino of like your debt's wiped away. None of you are going to prison. We had to follow up on some soul things with tattoos and whatnot. Oh my god, that other storyline that's coming. I will tell um, you right now the fucking scene of Tamir getting dragged out of the club with Soul while he's gripping him with a bloody arm was probably my favorite picture in my head. I could just imagine Tamir's like, I was just trying to help. Fucking get the fuck out. Yep. This is how you, yep. It, it was I, I, like I, a yeah. big brother trouble. Yeah, you're in trouble. What are you doing mm-hmm. here? But yeah, that, that was the arm grab. I, yeah. I don't know if you know what the arm grab the is. Grab. That was it's the, the grab. grab. Yeah. I yeah. love that scene sure. so much for so many reasons, right? So, like, as Joey's friend, I loved that scene because it was fucking hysterical. Um, in character, I loved that scene because it was fucking hysterical. As a GM and a player, as a GM and a player, it was also a great scene, like, behind the scenes, because, like, this is a role-playing scenario that that Joey would never put himself in. Um, And, uh, 
like we didn't this is one of those times where we didn't communicate hey man i want to shove you into a strip club uh are you cool with this but like there was immediately conversation behind the scenes like in the zoom chat and like dot picked up on it and was like okay let's not go too ham on what this nightclub is and kind of like so it, it wasn't the necessary funny, right exactly right it wasn't at all but it had the funny moments of like Oh no, I'm I'm slightly uncomfortable in a comedic way. That's all we needed. But then That's also like then it quickly ended, and I think it was like it was perfect and succinct, and it was just enough brevity in a. Do you guys like episode. that 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 little change around the bouncer did? Yeah, that, I liked I liked a whole bunch of that scene. Um, from like I said, from a from a player from a production standpoint, I think it was well done, and that was just like communication without having to like discuss it. We knew how to navigate the scene collectively, and I think it was very well done uh, yep. together and had the desired effect of being comedic relief in an otherwise tense moment. And tense Very moment. tense moment. And that's that's actually how I balanced it. I knew it was going to be an intense moment for Sewell because mm-hmm. basically you were being branded mm-hmm. and you're now carrying some information yeah. literally on your body. And I knew that, that that's heavy business, y'all, mm-hmm. um, in case you didn't know. Um, and really, this was an, a long-term punishment. Right. From from episode one, Sewell made a decision not to follow through on that contract, not do the thing that he was asked to do to get their asses out of trouble. Thanks to darkness points. Uh Uh And so when you made the decision not to, I knew immediately that it meant that you guys were going to get a patron at the end. You were going to get a sugar daddy. You're going to get your daddy Warbucks. That was going to have, right. But in return, Sewell took a literal brand for that. Yeah. Sewell, Sewell took one for the team without knowing it. Um, he still and ba- doesn't know it either. He still he doesn't, doesn't know, know it yet. He doesn't know the full repercussions of like what has gone down. But I did, I, I agree with you, Mike. I think um, the comedy, it being Tamir, it could have been... No, it could have been Tal, it could have been Malik, but it was Tamir, and it was a beautiful look at innocence mm-hmm. and him trying to do the right thing in the wrong place. Yeah. Um, and it created a nice balance of comedy in a very serious moment where right. one of our players is being branded. And it wasn't, <laughs> and it wasn't one of those moments where it's like sometimes you try to inject comedy in a in a tense moment because like you need that brevity. But like this was also a very in character. Like this is a hundred percent a big brother to a little brother ball busting kind of thing. Um, and and like. I feel like, again, you know, Joey and I haven't talked a crazy amount about, like, our backstory, but, like, having grown up the way we did on Algol and then escaping Algol, more or less, and coming to here, he basically went right into school. And, like, there's a reason why Malik busts his chops and calls him a nerd all the time, uh, because that's how Malik, he, he sees his kid brother as a nerd. So in his eyes, he's like, oh he's unfamiliar with this kind of experience. Which is hilarious, considering the fact that Malik as a data gen has to be very intelligent. Right, right. So it's a defense mechanism is what it is. It's a shield. Which is the same reason why he tells people he works at Space Buy. Yeah. So So I I also have two things to to add. Yes. Uh, First off, um, the fact that Tamir, so in character, went into that thing and, like, no knew what kind of a club it was. Right. You're not stupid. Uh, you, you know, you could Thanks. understand. And Thanks, so there's. Well, I'm glad to know you don't think I'm stupid. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong cool. and I'll call you a liar. Not, hey, you know, not many people think that. So thanks. <laughs> anyways uh so like you knew that going in so like there there was that also that level of consent there Mm -hmm. with like you knew what you were getting yourself into and you you still went for it 
Dot was gentle. Um, <laughs> That's true. That was very Bless true. <laughs> I'm known to be a gentle human. Um, well, what are you but wearing also in your teeth we were... right now? <laughs> wow. That call out. Owls are called. Wow. So we, wow. Were, we were also talking about it, and it had Tamir not been the one that, that went in, say they sent Tal instead. Well, Tal going into the nightclub as uh, an agoraphobic person who is afraid of crowds and lights and stuff like that, it would have been a much different scene yeah. for her. Like it probably would have been about Sewell rescuing you from yep. it. Mm-hmm. Someone would have had to probably rescue Tal from a mental breakdown in that club, and it, there probably would have been darkness God. activated and all this stuff. It would have it would have gotten into a That's serious the- scene there. But the fact that Tamir went instead, it was it was very good. I actually have a question about that, not about the the role play of it, but as a player. Um, and as a Twitch streamer, uh, for the majority of you that are Twitch streamers and, and tabletop roleplay streamers and that kind, um, do you think about those all, like, so for me, for the instigator of the scene, right, I thought about what if it's, what if it's Tamir, this will be comic relief, he can handle this, this will be a funny moment. If this is Tal, this is a, this is not a good scene for Tal, and it won't bring brevity to the scene, and it will be about, uh, maybe not about Sewell rescuing her, but like her running out of the club, maybe like that. And then if it's Malik, Malik will just hang out and won't rescue Sewell, and it will be a little funny, but not the not. Oh, the I scene know what you... I would have done if it had been... Malik? I would have got dragged in to get a tattoo, I'm sure. Um, no, no, I have. I can do much worse than that. Oh, right, that. The, the fucking stupid dancer was there. Uh, the dancer was there. Yeah. It would have been the prime time for you to say, have the doctor show up. Right, yeah. I'm going to lock her in a crowd chamber. But that's what, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> it's like, I, 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 I went through that scenario of like, okay, what, what, I'm going to interject in the scene what would the best outcome be? Do you guys do that when you're role-playing? Um, mm-hmm. Either from a role-play perspective, like oh, at the home yeah, table, wait. or like do you do it from like, you know, a Twitch perspective? Like, how do you process that? I do it a little bit. Um, as as we were leading up to it, I was thinking about what would happen if each of them went in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was fully prepared to for Tal to go in because... Tal would rather go in herself than send Tamir into unknown club to try to rescue soul. Cause if anybody's going to get into a bar fight, it's probably Tal has the best chance. So she was willing to do that, <laughs> but once she got in there, it would have been an entirely different situation for her. Um, yeah. So she, she would have gone in and freaked the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but you know, I don't know. To answer your question, Mike, I'm constantly thinking about that. Uh, yeah, I, like I, where I, to give, where to take, where the ebb and flow is, where mm-hmm. to step. Even as like as a player and as a GM, I'm constantly looking yeah. for those moments. 
I was, uh, no offense, Dot, I was, uh, I, I had a feeling of what your answer was, um, because we have a similar play style where I'm, I know I'm constantly, constantly thinking, yeah. I'm constantly thinking of like three or four moves ahead so that I can adapt on this thing. And that's what helps me improv out a scene, which is why like when you spit out some nonsense at me, I have a response immediately and I don't have to like think about it, um, uh, because I'm trying to think of all the scenarios you're going to toss at me. Um, but like, Great, so, so what I'm hearing is I need to step my game up. You're going to think about five. If I'm capping on it. Three, you uh, gotta if you're go at three, five. I gotta be five steps ahead. Damn, <laughs> yeah. I have to start writing notes. <laughs> I'm playing chess. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, Gnome and 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 Paul, do you guys think about that kind of scenario? Like, do you think about like multiple angles to approach a scene before you enter the scene, or do you just kind of fucking fall into it? Um, no, I I think about it a lot. Um, for that particular moment, I felt comfortable with Dot's GM style. Mm-hmm. That if this was a scene that she knew needed to just be soul, she'd stop me at the door. Yeah. And that's okay. But I knew that the character had to make the attempt. Mm-hmm. It was important to Tamir to make the attempt. But I trusted Dot would either stop it or let it proceed. So... And honestly, one of the other reasons I let it proceed, not just because of the comedic effect, because it was just set up so beautifully when your brother played a prank on you. Um, and it worked out roleplay-wise that way. Um, so for the spoilers, I won't ruin what's said because... But I think it also... Um, just as secrets don't mean anything unless they're shared with someone, you can't activate a secret. You can't actively play on a secret. Um, individual scenes where, say, Sewell had this entire experience in the club by himself doesn't mean anything because you know Sewell's not going to share it with anyone unless somebody else sees it and so part of it too is about getting somebody into that scene so that it can be seated and brought up again later for example what's the first thing Tamir said why is your arm bleeding yep so now something happened Tamir may not know what but Tamir could bring it up again or look into it and that's also how you keep that pace and that story going as a GM you're, I'm just constantly looking for places to continue seeding drama because that's what story is built on conflict you've got to look for the conflict and so a character can have their own conflicts and say like a flashback scene but if a scene is constantly going just one person it doesn't make it actionable and activate it again for a later opportunity mm-hmm. which is when story begins to be, get disconnected um, and your players aren't working together anymore. And we had worked so beautifully to like come together at the end that I needed somebody to see what was happening to Sewell. Yeah. Uh, I also just realized uh, on what we were talking about earlier, if things get super tense between Malik and Tamir, Malik is going to fight Sewell. What? Yeah, because I can't fight Tao. So why are you going to fight me? What are the why, can't Wait, you fight why can't you fight Tal? Yeah, why can't you fight Tal? Because if, if things are tense between Malik and, and Tamir, and he fights with Tal, then things will be more tense between Malik and Tamir. And he's smart enough to know that. Like, he's so not going to... You're, you're just going to pick a fight? No, no, he's not going to pick a fight, but, like, there are moments in season one where, like, he's like, Saul, are you fucking dumb? Like, there are moments like that all the... Like, in like every couple be, episodes. It, oh, I see what you're so saying. So one it's of like those moments where, it, like, it will just... Projected like, air. Yeah, it'll, it'll be one of those times where he does something that's just, like, just dumb enough to, like, tweak, you know, Malik the way he does normally, but he just might go a little bit extra because he's I already stressed I look forward out. to the moment so, like, that's that Saul... Super- Kicks Malik's. Yeah, ass. that's what I'm saying. I know. 
That would be and super then, so, so the then, shit out of him. Yeah. That's who we need to lesson. have a bet on, right? Yeah. This this goes for you too, chat. Who do you think is going to be the aside from Tamir through the first punch? Who's going to be the non-blood related person to just deck that smug fucking look off Malik's face? I think I think if it's Sewell, it will have a more lasting effect. In my, in my opinion, I agree. My, my thought though is like if that happens, because Sewell <laughs> is kind of like not. <laughs> down, down. <laughs> I, I love that Paul thinks it's just gonna be Sewell. Damn it, man! Everybody else, you're my team. Yeah, love it. Um, well, I, I I think. Oh, just a quick reiterate of your original question for me before I add on to it oh yeah, yeah. i i um realistically like i do think about it but i think about it in the sense of my own entertainment purposes mm-hmm. yeah like it's just for fun but when it comes to role play i try not to because i like to think of it as like if my character would do that does he consider that a thing that he needs to consider like is he gonna care if other people interject with his issues or yeah. is he gonna care of what he does has a certain reaction to other things um sometimes he does so for me it's all about situation based like people coming into the club thing for my own purpose i'd be like oh that'd be pretty funny if like this happened or this happened but for soul like his character because he wouldn't give a shit of who comes in or he because he t- tried to tell them not to come in um he i wouldn't think of it that much into it because i don't need to um it's more just like flipping through channels yeah if certain situations where soul does need to then yeah then i would do it but most of the times it's my faith and this is like the same with joey my faith is fully in god like i trust that no matter what happens she has a good she's she's a professional at what she does oh thanks friend. So she knows <laughs> it says the professional who has a coriolis shirt and vampire yeah. teeth on just saying you're, yeah. you're promoing the book pro and right you're, you're you're right. future promoing your future show so <laughs> but like, like i said like i think I, I don't need to think about stuff like that. That's what I'm trying to say. Because mm-hmm. I, I think all I need to focus on is what the fuck would Soul do? Right. right. And then after that, it's like it doesn't matter what else happens because Tamir will take care of Tamir. Yep. Malik will take care of Malik. Tao will take care of Tao. And then Dot will take care of all of us when it needs to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, and that gives me oh, the I'll opportunity to produce. Uh, yeah. yeah, take like, care. Oh, yeah, we're all dead. <laughs> <laughs> there and That's the darkness point there. So next. Um, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna just—I forgot what I was gonna say. Shit. That's okay. I'll jump in here. Uh, so May says Tal hits Malik first. Malik will get mad and try to fight Sewell, and Sewell will kick his ass. So I think that's why not. Would, why would Malik come after me after Tal hits Malik? That's, that that, I don't think. Sense. I don't think that's a series of events, right? I think if someone's oh. gonna strike Malik first, <laughs> the first person to hit Malik is going to be uh, Tal. However, Tal. I think that like if the events go that way, right? I think that that Malik would like be pissed off. And then take it out on Sewell. But I don't I don't think that there would be a physical fight between Sewell and Malik. Because so far, up until right this very second, like Sewell has been incredibly level-headed. Even in like killing his sibling, he was very level-headed and calm the entire time. So like I feel like Sewell would understand what's happening and would not physically fight. There's Malik. a reason why both of you work for the There's a reason that mm-hmm. both of you work for the syndicate. Mm-hmm. You're both really good at your jobs. Yeah, yeah. I, that that brings us to like, I'll give a little spoiler thing with Soul's mental Let's capacity. He knows that he can kill. He right. knows that he's capable of killing certain people or certain things. So when he's in a position 
where it's like, oh, I'm going to get into a fight. He doesn't have the mentality of like, I'm going to get into a fight to get into a fight. Right. No. His mentality is if I get into a fight, that person's going to die. Right. Because that's what his entire life has always been trained yeah. to do. That. That's why when he got into the argument in season uh, episode one with the big bully dudes, he tried to escape. He didn't try to fight. Mm-hmm. When he got into the fights with the um, monsters, he instinctively just shot and wanted to kill because yeah. he knew they needed to die. If he gets into a conflict with Malik and he's like, oh, this is going to go into a physical combat, my training is going to activate and I might kill Malik. I I actually thought about that too. And what an interesting moment it might be to have to watch Sewell struggle with the stopping of killing it, his natural instincts, right? That habitual piece of having to struggle with that. That'll be interesting. Okay, I've already so, made the note. So I think Fuck. <laughs> I think I think that aspect would be interesting. I also think the fact that like Sewell has the the smarts to know, okay, this is not an actual fight, right? And I don't need to kill Malik. And so I think there is a potential for a possibly physical but also passive um I will like, say do you know- de-escalation. Mm-hmm. So like I will if, say though, Sewell has a limit though, right. especially with everything that just happened yeah. with his brother's memories. Like everything that was locked, the reason why he's so robotic is because he loses his emotions. Sure. <laughs> now that everything kind of broke out, his emotions are flooding back. Mm-hmm. So his his bridge and his limits are starting. See, to and I see a fight with. I see a fight with Malik as an opportunity for Sewell to get to be a big brother again. Right. Mm, it's a yes. chance for Sewell to look at another person that needs that big genuinely brother. a big needs a big brother needs yeah. somebody to discuss what's troubling him. That's right. the issue with and Malik is that he's kept was, it all to himself. Exactly. And and this is I I think that would be an interesting opportunity yeah. to watch role play happen and watch Sewell get to do what he didn't get to do before. Mm-hmm. I think if Sewell de-escalates a fight then there's going to be a, a hard role play session between uh paul and i where that that comes out um yeah. mm-hmm. and if he doesn't de-escalate a, a fight should that happen then there will be a very difficult scenario for paul himself like for just soul to have on his own that internal Fuck, struggle man, what do the i shit? kill this guy or not which i think I is super is super, super interesting oh no. bitch please we only getting started no no. I, I will say though, there, there is no emo soul. Like, he, he's, there is only soul. There is only emo soul. <laughs> like, he, he is sad. Like, there, he is. <laughs> there's only soul. He is sad about his. Like, shut up, May. I can hear her laughing. <laughs> <laughs> there's no like. Um, he's not depressed about what happened. He, it's a burden he carries. Mm-hmm. But mm. he's, he's carried it, so he's he's not like sad about it he's just regretful and guilty there's right. I think there's a there's there people need to understand there's a huge difference between just being sad and depressed and having guilt and being yeah. sad there's, there's like a huge dynamical difference yep, yep. and so it's kind of a like you'll learn it's okay kind of a bitch like so yeah, and yeah. malik carry a lot of guilt i don't i don't know that i don't know that malik carries guilt i feel like malik it. carries guilt that he got you- caught Oh, interesting. I don't think he does. You don't think he carries guilt for, like, I guess, well, I guess not, because you chose to take your brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, so so this is this is actually cool. Uh, so this is one of the things that, that Joey and I talked about after the last episode, um, which is one of those things where, like, this won't come out in roleplay because it's too much exposition, right? Is right. like... Um, in the family, Malik was the older brother, which means everything was expected of him right. and less was expected of 
of uh, of Tamir, and then their parents die. And so, like, and I feel like in this scenario, Malik never did the right thing. Like, he was always kind of a fuck up, so he never met those expectations. And then when his parents died, he now became the caregiver and decided right then and there that like I will never put that pressure on Tamir that I had to deal with. And I instead am going to make sure that he is the best he can. I'm going to lift him up, which is why even if even if lifting him up means putting myself down, at least he will be, you know, on this pedestal kind of thing. So I yeah. don't think he has like any regrets or any guilt about the scenario. Um, Take note to self. He might he make might, Mike feel guilty. He might have fuck? like. <laughs> Depending on what we like, we haven't discussed like what happened. I don't think anything was super violent that they got into on Algol, but I, I, that's why I don't think he has guilt about that. Um, it, it, I think at most it was the same kind of mysterious thing like with um, with Tamir, right, where he delivered this package and we don't know what happened. I think that's kind of how the rebel stuff worked. Um, like we did jobs and sometimes buildings exploded an hour later, but we didn't actually detonate the building, right? Like so, so it was it was things like that where we're trying to bring down the man and the establishment but i don't think we actually like pulled the plunger and blew up buildings and things like that we, so we did we did um between us that almost happened that was a big reason why mm-hmm. tamir started having some resentment for malik right because tamir was supposed to go off with a group of friends in gobama place that they thought you know was part of the industry or whatever um and malik stopped him right and they all went off, and some of them died. Right. Mm-hmm. In yep. that conflict. Yeah. So, and so I, that stemmed some internal. Oh, and the parallel of you actually dropping a bomb mm-hmm. on side of Coriolis. I, know, I didn't. You, I didn't you, know, you, know that. You didn't know that. I yep. didn't know that. What a beautiful like. What, what is to, my question is: What is Tamir's thoughts after that? After he finds out some of his friends died, like does he feel thankful to his brother, or does he feel guilt that some of his friends died and he didn't? He was upset. He should have been there. Like maybe that wouldn't have happened if he had been the one that was assembling the bomb. See that that thought right there. I think um, really emphasizes Tamir's personality, where he focuses a lot of proactive action versus reactive actions of what his brother is doing or like what's happening around him. It's like instead of seeing like the out other outcomes of everything, it's more just like what could have I done? What could I have fixed? Or what could I have contributed to it. And when that's taken away from, say, his brother, mm-hmm. that's like an interesting dynamic right there. I, I didn't really, like, see that per se. Yeah, it's it's very much a... a... Well, that's, that's so... Um, Formula Alchemist. It's yeah. so Alphonse and uh, Edna. Yeah. It's, it's very much an I know best, regardless mm-hmm. of what you think I know best. Um, and I don't think that there's any... I mean, unless something drastic happens, I don't think that there's any getting through to Malik that that's not a fact, right? I, I think he's so <laughs> sure in where he is now and where where Tamir is now that everything has been working to make Tamir what he is, right? Like a good person who does well and like benefits society, right? Like being a portal master is a great honor and the research that he's doing is also could help people. Um, which is why like we've discussed in like backstory stuff, like the only jobs that Malik would let Tamir take were like irrigation 
guy. <laughs> like, help the people make this thing. Like, they were all, like, um, um, like, like service kind of jobs that, like, he would help yeah, the impoverished kind of thing. You can't protect him forever. But there's no getting through to him that that's not a, that's, that, that, that's true. That's, Perfect. So and that's my his note flaw, right? For Malik. Go for it. That's, hey, that's, that's his flaw. You know how your original question was, was what is everyone looking forward to mm-hmm. to season two? Yeah. I feel like that question, Dot has not let go. And now Dot. No, is- I've been taking notes this whole time. Yeah, yeah we fucked. As yeah. you guys are talking about like what you're hoping is going to happen, and like, I'm making a bullet list. Yeah, I thought we were just supposed to like build our ship and get some upgrades and do some shit. Yeah, no, we're going to have to do, we'll have I to have do have that elsewhere. Ship stuff pulled up. I've had it pulled up this whole time. <laughs> do you know what you want? No, a because break. I don't understand how any of this works. That's what we were supposed to go over. <laughs> we can always go over it. Um, we could always go over it. But yes, uh, okay, so I can, I can walk you through that. That's very easy. But um, I mean, basically, you have the money you need, depending on the item, because I know uh, some of that stuff for ship upgrades is really expensive. So I mean, a lot they of all the, are. It's, but right, also, will depend on what you guys want or what you're wanting specifically. You can talk to the you have a patron. He will pay yeah. for the upgrades um, as long as you come through on your end, as promised. Um, all right. Well, we are a little bit over time, uh, our normal time. Uh, so I will this end this. This was a lot of fun, though. Is what? This was fun. cool. I will end this by saying what I am looking forward to in season two, uh, and then we'll get the hell out of here. Um, I don't think we need outros for this crazy episode. No, can we all say what we're looking forward to? We all did. Oh. Everyone but you, because you're the GM and you know what you're with the whole campaign but is. But I can still say right, what dot, I look forward dot, to. What are you looking forward to, you creepy note taker? I am looking forward to actually diving into the module. Um, actually diving into the meat of the story. Uh, consider fair. season one kind of a prologue and a character introduction. Um, but I'm also excited to get out of space and get off of a gas planet. Oh, like We're yes. going to go planet side and we're going to have a chance to see... Um, to see some things, I think, um, that's going to be very interesting. And that's this will be the first time that the group, as pointed out, is really working together mm-hmm. as a group and not in their own accord. And that's going to be very important as you basically plan for this mission. You've not been given instruction on how to do it. And this one's going to take yeah. some real planning mm-hmm. um, on your part. And um, I look I'm forward excited. to seeing that uh that happen uh the the development of the crew and how i can rip that apart i'm sorry what was that last part i should have muted myself you're fine uh i as you as you saw from our backstories we're really good at planning yeah yeah (laughs) also really good at ripping ourselves apart yeah Yeah. you don't even you don't even apply pressure dot we'll just fuck ourselves up you just have to give us give us give us the the paddle we got it we'll figure it out raise your eyebrows every now and then you Um, know what you can do to really fuck with us just raise your eyebrows randomly without any intent and you'll scare us no matter what nah, so we'll always you can't be you, you, you can't control it there's a I face it's, there's a, it's a it's so, an, it's uncontrollable there's a whole face she makes it's a whole it's a whole thing yeah well there's there's the there's the eyebrow raise and then there's the then there's the there's the i know more than you do smile which is a classic it's a classic yeah it's it's one of, it's one of these Yep. It's that little, it's that little sideways smirk, and then the uh, the oh really is the the chin, oh, the chin, yeah, the chin yeah, goes yeah, down so and the eyebrows go up. The 
Oh, we, we, okay. And well, I'm being called the fuck out. Mike, what are you looking <laughs> for in season to be, three? To be fair, Dot, I'm calling you out because that's what I do. That's why I know them so well. Season three? I mean, season two. I said season, season two. Well, <laughs> what I'm looking forward to most is all of the things we discussed uh, just recently about the, the conflicts, uh, interpersonal stuff, is my jam. Also, I'm looking forward to the most in season two is season three. Uh, that being said, we will get the hell out of here. Uh, and There's we no will, season three. And we will see you guys next week for the premiere of Void season two, episode one, the prequel to season three. Uh, from all of us to you guys, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Void is an Unmade Gaming production and a proud member of the Unmade Gaming Podcast Network. If you'd like to support our endeavors and get some behind-the-scenes looks at some upcoming projects, please join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash umgpodnetwork. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Thank you for joining us on this epic space journey, and we'll see you next time on Void. Void.